Greetings. Welcome to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. I'm Kyle Bird, and with me is my co-host, Matt Parmley. And um, we are joined by some folks. Matt, do you want to... Uh... <laughs> yeah, we have a couple listeners of the podcast, but also have done various things, and I'll let them talk about their, their work, but Nick Shev, or Nick Shevelev, and John Bellotti. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, yeah. What? What's up, listeners? Which one of you is which? That was completely <laughs> botched. Okay. I know. That well, was it, terrible. Nick, hello. Say Hi, bird. Okay, I, there you I, go. I, I'm Nick. This, okay. This is the sound that Nick Shev makes. Okay, what's the sound <laughs> that John Bellotti makes? Hey, forget about it over here. <laughs> this is the sound that I make from Brooklyn, all right? Ma, shut up! All right. <laughs> all right, we, we may continue. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to start with Nick. Why don't you talk about just kind of some of the stuff you've done where people can can uh, see your cool artwork, and then I'll do the same for, for Mr. Italian John Bellotti over there. <laughs> Forget about it. Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, play, let's see. Places where people can see stuff that I've done. I've done conventions. People might know me from G-Fest if they go to that, usually in Artist Alley. Uh, most of my stuff can be seen on Instagram at Art of Chev. Uh, that's pretty much like any updates or things that I'm working on. I'll post things there. But I also have an online shop where you can buy prints, stickers, and originals. And that is at nickshev.bigcartel.com. And that's pretty much as good as my Instagram, but even better because through there you can buy things from me, which is very important. And that's about that. Sweet. All right, Mr. Kai uh, Meatball Guy, your turn. Hey, here I am again. Forget about uh, so uh, I do Godzilla movie posters, and you could find all that on my website, robo7.com. That's R-O-B-L number seven dot com. I sell prints, large posters, enamel pins, original drawings, and t-shirts, and it's all on my website. You could find it all there. I sell out at T Public. The quality is really good. And my Instagram is Robo7, R-O-B-O-S-E-V-E-N, and Twitter, but no one needs to go on Twitter. And Facebook, <laughs> especially. <laughs> and especially me. I need to. I keep getting notifications from my post earlier. Anyway, um, yes, but I'm also on Twitter and Facebook as well. So yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. You know, I, it's funny. I think after the first year that we did the podcast, I think it was you guys. I can't remember if Matt was with me or not, but you guys, I think, were the first people there that recognized me either by name or by voice and was like, oh, hey, I like your show. Oh, it was by voice. I said, you're the guy. You're the guy from that podcast. <laughs> That's happened. It, yeah. only yeah. happened. it only happens at G-Fest, but it, does, it has happened. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> you, Kyle, you are definitely someone that I recognize by voice. Like, I saw you and I saw the name tag, you know, the little G-Fest name tag, but there's a million people with that name, but the second you spoke, it's like, oh, I know exactly who this person is. It is, it is, <laughs> no, it is very distinct. You like, you breezed by my table and you said like two things and went, oh, wait a minute. I know that voice. And it was just like, hi or something. It was really quick. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, we are going out kind of outside of the, 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 the kaiju realm a little bit. Um, we're talking about the Tremors series, which, to be honest, 
Um, the idea to do an episode about Tremors really wouldn't have occurred to me. Uh, and the way that this episode came together is kind of strange because um, I was talking to Matt just, I don't know, about something, scheduling or something. And he was like, yeah, and then we have the Tremors episode. And I was like, wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> what 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 the hell are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, you know, uh, the Tremors episode. I was like, huh? And he was like, yeah, Nick Shev and John Bellotti want to do Tremors. And I was like, were you going to tell me? And he was like, I swear, I told you. And, like, I scroll up a good deal of the way, and I use, like, the search function in Messenger, and I'm like nothing was said about this and i <laughs> and i was like oh i mean i wouldn't have thought to do that but uh it sounds like you guys are into it and uh you know i have no problem doing it i mean truth is i mean if you matt and i have a google doc with like all the stuff we want to cover on this show in our lifetimes i mean we have about a, a gajillion japanese things we 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 have planned to talk to and so talk to talk about so i was just like whatever you know it's it's there's still large creatures it's enough in the wheelhouse that i think we can we can do it especially since we did the blob on hall for halloween so um so yeah matt thank you uh as always um uh your astute communication skills are always a blessing <laughs> Um, my wife would agree with you on that probably uh so yeah um but yeah this was also kind of an excuse for me because uh you know i I, i'd seen the first two um as a kid and both of those movies like throughout all of the 90s were on tv like every five minutes so i i knew the first two fairly well but i'd never watched any more and um you know this kind of gave me an opportunity to for better or worse, catch up with, with, with the franchise. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's where we are. Um, what about you guys? Did you guys see any of these as children? What, what, where, where did Tremors come into your, your brain pan? Can, can I start off with oh, this? Oh, absolutely. No. Tremor? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you, John. As long as I got your permission, uh, I'll be good. good. But uh, Go. honestly, Tremors, the first film, is as ingrained into my DNA as Godzilla is. I saw it at such a young age. I grew up, I was a child of the 90s. I was born in 85. So this thing hit the home video market, and it was everywhere. You could not go to a blockbuster, to a mom-and-pop video shop without seeing like a stack of tremors vhs tapes and when i was i don't know five four years old rented that as many times as possible tremors for whatever reason me and my sister were obsessed with it it was just oh john is, is someone that you getting robbed I'm... out there <laughs> oh no so i had the window open it's new york and the, the coronavirus is in full swing yeah. so the sirens all fucking day i'll shut the window I, hold on I, I figured the sirens would be coming from the guy in new york no, it's well, it's worse now with the virus. It's just constantly now. So many people are dying here. But anyway, I don't want to depress you guys. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. People <laughs> tell me it's not real, John. Uh, so, so yeah, um, it, it was just a movie that me and my sister obsessed over as kids. It was something that was action adventure, 
some horror elements, but like really accessible because it's not too gratuitous with it that I think like any kid who's into monsters or dinosaurs or anything could really grab onto or graboid onto. Hi, and, nice. uh, <laughs> wow. We just we watch that movie constantly and it's just it's been a part of my life ever since. Like we played games based on tremors where we, we would pretend that the living room or basement couches were the roofs of the, the general store. And we'd like shoot at the carpet with toy guns that the graboids were under the dirt. We'd throw pillows as like the hard rocks that they couldn't get through. It, it, it was absurd. Like Tremors has just been a memory that I have as, as long as I can go back. So that that's my origin story with Tremors. Wow. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> that's really great. That's awesome. They asked, they asked, John. I know, I'm sorry. All right, I guess I'll go next, right? Is that cool? Yes. Alphabetical order? Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, say, say it with extra gabagool. Gabagool over here. So I watched the fucking movie like, uh, I don't know, I was six? I don't know. Um, so I pretty much the same story as Nick, a child in the 90s. I'm 40. Uh, Nick, how old are you again? You're mid-30s? 35. Okay, so around the same age. And I'm a monster movie fan. And my brother was the one that liked Kevin Bacon. I don't know why. Like we just liked Kevin Bacon as a kid. And he's like, you got to watch this movie Tremors. And I was like, I don't want to watch that. And then eventually I did. And I was like, this movie is really good. And it's very simple, right? It's a simple monster story. And then I remember we rented part two and we were like, huh, no Kevin Bacon. But the other guys here, what's his name? Um, Fred Ward? Fred is Ward. That... Yeah, Fred Ward. Yeah, we're like, oh, okay, he's there and he's he's got something and this other guy's okay. And we were like, all right. And then we were watching the other ones I think were coming on TV at that point. So that's where we started catching them. And honestly, I didn't even, I haven't touched a tremor movie since you guys asked me to be on this podcast or this podcast actually. And I started like rewatching them again. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's my story. It's really boring, but that's it. Uh, my, my story is basically the same as Nick's where like you would go to a, a video store RIP all the blockbusters and you would just walk in and you would see it literally everywhere. And eventually I convinced my parents to let it, let me see it. And I've always really enjoyed this movie. And of course it played on television nonstop. And I've, I had seen one through three before this podcast. I have a, I, I love part one, part two and three. Are okay. The other ones we'll talk about, they're not, not so great. I kind of wish, uh, especially the last one, the cold day in hell or whatever is, is oh. uh, oof. But the the first movie uh, on its own, I mean, it's it's really just excellent. It's got it's that a, small scale to it. And you have, it's just a lot of it's fun. A, and so, it's a so. perfect film, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. It's small. It's 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 small in the sense of the like it doesn't go past that town. You know, like the scale of the movie is like small and contained, and there's no like military presence or government officials. It's just these people in the situation trying to get out of it. That's yeah, all it I think, is. I think what made this watch really enjoyable for me, though, is like I, I watched all of them with my wife, and like we were just having a blast, like making fun of them and just kind of like goofing off throughout. And so that made them a lot more enjoyable than they probably are after you get past the first three. But like it's it, it was it was fun. It's a it was a good passage of the time. So, um, well, uh, I have a I smell a natural segue into Tremors one, um, and I can provide a little bit of background. Uh, so Tremors is more or less, um, the, 
idea of uh, S.S. Wilson, or Steve Wilson, who's the screenwriter. Um, he, uh, once upon a time, um, <clears throat> was working at a uh, Navy base uh, as a, uh, a editor for... Um, documentaries and such, and uh, they used to go and shoot at the gunnery ranges, and he would go hiking, and one day when he was climbing over the boulders on this hike, he thought to himself, what if there was a creature underground, uh, and he was stranded on that rock, and he wrote the idea down, and then uh, years later, uh, after he had um, successfully... Uh, I think it was Short Circuit and another script. Um, he and his uh, his writing partner, Brent Maddock, uh, uh, got an offer to, you know, propose any project they wanted, and they pitched Tremors. Uh, with the working title Land Sharks, however, at the time, Saturday Night Live had a recurring character called Landshark, uh, in a, which was a spoof of Jaws, and so they decided on the name Tremors. Um, and uh, I think we can kind of get into what, I mean, we've kind of gotten ahead of ourselves a little bit and what works about it. Um, the story is in a little desert town called Perfection, and um, it just follows kind of your everyday townsfolks. You have Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. They're what are they? They're like handymen, repairmen. They're they're handymen, and I would actually like to say I wouldn't consider the townsfolk as like regular everyday people because I mean regular everyday people live in like larger towns, larger no, well, cities. That's, yeah, that's true. Like these people are out <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, and they're like they're very unique. Like, yeah. one guy's just a junker, the other lady is, like, this this clay artist, and it's, like, a bunch of, like, random, I don't know, you can say it's, like, a group of misfits living in this town. I mean, you have the conspiracy <laughs> nut. Yeah, you have, like, the it's conspiracy bunch of, of, uh, of Burt Gummer there, who's just, like, I moved out here for the isolation. And then you have other people where it's just either they ended up in this town out of bad luck, or they've just been born in this area and never found a way out. Like, it's a really weird group that they have there I, I would say it's far from far from ordinary yeah um but yeah just one day these underground monsters start eating people and you know they don't really know what's what the cause of all that is and then uh sure enough uh they notice these giant little well not not little but these giant snakes coming out of the ground and then later on of course it's revealed that those snakes are actually little tentacles that come out of the mouth of the the big worm called a graboid um and it's it's basically these people against these really dangerous monsters i I remember when I was young, the scariest thing about it was that they came from underground. you never knew where they were, and they were so sensitive to sound, which is something that I think the sequels really lose um, that I think is part of this movie's strength is that uh, the it, it always feels dangerous. Like, like characters are walking on their tiptoes 
to avoid being noticed. Well, in all the sequels, they seems like they can just walk around fine, <laughs> even when they know that they're in the area. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, but but it's yeah, I, I think that the first one really does a good job of setting up just the stakes and really just how dangerous it is even to just be walking on the on the on the dirt well it's yeah, kind of yeah. like it's kind of like jaws in a way isn't it right isn't the yeah. sand sand could just be the water it's sort of like a it's like a modern day jaws in a way well the thing that i liked about that is it's like every good monster kind of has their um like their formula or there's a method to dealing with it and the graboids have that it's like oh you don't go on this kind of soil. You have to be on a harder surface in order for them to not get you. Like there, there was a way of dealing with it. There was, there's, there's a better term for that that I can't think of right now. Um, well, it's a, it's a weakness they found in them, just from trial and error and people dying. Not so much the weakness. It's more of just like this. This is the the parameters that the monster works in, and it works to the monster's benefit. But if you're smart enough, it can also work to your benefit. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um like there's a, there's a formula to it which i like you know as inaccurate as it is it's like the t-rex in jurassic park like oh it can't see you if you don't move so there's like this level of you have to work within these parameters in order to get around this obstacle that is this creature that has this slight defect that you can use to your advantage oh like a weakness oh yeah, no that's like not what it's uh, Here, I, let me strong. let me try. <laughs> What's the thirteen weakness and defect? I, th I, I think what he's trying to say. I think what he's trying to say on? is that the movie. And and I was thinking about this too, because um, it's it's a very uh, slippery slope. On you know, it's a fine line between. At what point are you explaining so much about your creature that it's not scary anymore? And I think Tremors right. is the case where it's the opposite. In that the the movie lays out you know, how they work, um, even their biology, um, you know, even little things like, you know, how they have the little leg things covering their bodies that help them move. Um, but really like how they hunt, it, it lays all that stuff out, what, in the middle maybe? And then, and then it kind of uses those things to not necessarily make it scarier, but, but it uses those things to the strength of the narrative. Um, Whereas, you know, you look at something like, uh, I mean, maybe jumping ahead, Tremors 2, for instance, where in the first 40 minutes of the movie, they kill like 16 Graboids. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> at this point, you're you're not really treating them like a threat anymore. And then later on, you know, it tries to make them scary again. But I, I, yeah, I, I think the point is that it, it, it uses their biology and physiology um in in its actual narrative and it, it doesn't really diminish you know their effect on the on the audience right better see that that sounds myself. yeah that sounds a lot better yes <laughs> i like that i still love you nick i i, I get it i get it <laughs> sometimes i i love this movie so much i can't put it out there but to what bird just said about um you know explaining the biology of the creatures the other thing that I think definitely works to the advantage of this movie, and there's that great scene where your three main characters of Rhonda, Val, and Earl, they just spent like a night on this rock because they're trapped on this rock. The Graboid's staking them out. It's waiting for them to get off. 
And they're sitting there going over, like, what are the only, like, five possibilities of a monster in a movie? And they go over all of that, of, like, are they prehistoric? Are they from outer space? Did the government make it? Are they this? Are they that? And they never find an answer because that answer is meaningless and pointless. It doesn't matter where they came from. It's just you have this threat here. Yeah, there's these four or five possibilities, but that doesn't concern me right now because this thing is trying to eat me. Yeah, no, I, I I like that approach too. It's like the Night of the Living Dead thing. Like, why why do you need to explain where where this comes from? It's it's it, it could yeah. be it could be anything in the story. The actual storyline would be the same. So so who cares? Yeah. So it, yeah, I like that they kind of wrote that in, and it's their way of saying like it it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and it really doesn't. And I think it was a great nod, just like as the whole movie was. It's you know, a love letter to classic monster movies from the 50s and 60s. Like, it is it is very much that traditional sense of small town under siege by this unknown force. Yeah, I, and I, yeah, I think that the, it's also nice to see, I, I mean, it's a big, it's a, it's a ensemble cast, but out of all those characters, only one of them is a scientist. You know, everybody else is just like, sh- your shop owner, your your handyman, your your crazy gun nut that lives down the street, like you know, they that that's kind of a a nice approach. Whereas, like like you said, those movies in the fifties and everything, you know, there's always you know these lengthy dialogue scenes between scientists and a lab and stuff, and you don't get that here. Yeah, you get like a, a toned down version of that. It's like someone who's she's. What is her profession in? Like seismology? Yeah, seismology. seismology. Yeah. So yeah. it's like she's not a biologist, but like she's also not dumb. So she can kind of use like the basis of her outside knowledge on this thing. So it's not even like, oh, I'm a I'm a specialist in extinct life forms or anything. It's just like, no, I happen to be here and I happen to have a higher education than the rest of the people in this town. So I'm gonna kind of throw out my theories as this as the story goes on. Was she there because of the act the seismic activity of the tremors? I can't remember. No, she was there for like her term paper or something. Oh, she yeah. just happened to be in the area because it's a seismic area. So yeah, it, it was an area like, that like well, it, I, Yeah, I guess what I'm saying, it wasn't like a plot, like a contrived plot device. Like, you know, she just happens to be in this town passing through when <laughs> the tremors are there, and she happens to be a size. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, she was there for just some for a semester to do her her paper and seismology on whatever area she was in and it just so happened that monsters were there too just so happened speaking of she that's uh that's uh finn carter as Rhonda lebeck and the only bit of trivia that i have on her is that apparently she's like 60 years old now and recently was charged with like a felony for stealing a car and possessing like 14 credit cards Oh my god! Oh, wow! In our Facebook chat, and it is rough. Yeah, she is. Oh. Um... <laughs> Did you send that now? I need to see that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> her, yeah, her post Tremors career uh, is not. Oh my god! I'm not. I, I'm. You guys are. Don't get involved in Hollywood, guys. That's yeah. The no, here. I'm. I'm Jesus. not. I'm not sure what her deal. Is. I mean, I. You know, I. It, this happens sometimes, and usually, uh, usually there's you know, some kind of mental illness involved, like, look at, like, uh, Margot Kidder, or, yeah. uh, so, yeah, I don't know if it's that kind of thing, but, yeah, she, uh, is, is not doing well, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> what a shame. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
Which, yeah, aside from this, I don't know. She's not in too much. Uh, yeah, she's got a couple, like, credits in the, like, again, the the all-knowing Wikipedia says she was in a thing called Sweet Justice and Ghost of Mississippi, and then she appeared, like, in one thing in the mid-2000s and nothing since. Yeah, so, uh, well, uh, if she's listening, and, you know, I mean, she obviously is, um, <laughs> we hope that she's well and, you know, things... Turn around. We're here for you, Rhonda. <laughs> <Is that> name? <laughs> Whatever you need, girl, we're here for you. I, I think that this movie also proves a point that I often talk about in regards to kaiju movies, <clears throat> especially in light of, you know, a lot of the, uh, the, the, the people like King of the Monsters, for example, um, you know, people that say, oh, the human characters don't matter, you know, people that attack the critics for, for pointing things like that out. Um, and my, my argument was always that saying that the human characters matter isn't saying you want some big character study or even anything on the level of the first Godzilla film. You want You just want characters that are fun to be around, that have personality... And uh, th- this is one of those movies that proves that you can have very simple characters that, I mean, can even more or less almost be tropes, and they can still be witty, they can still be funny, they can still be people that, you know, are endearing to your audience, um, and that's all it really takes to make you care about a, a character in a movie. I, I think especially now... Um, People mistake things like, oh, well, this this character says a lot of wisecracks, so that's his personality. This movie shows that you can have characters that are, you know, as deep as a puddle, but they can be super fun and engaging. Um, and th- this is a movie that, kind of to bring it home, because we basically said as much earlier, it, the simplicity is what it, why it succeeds. You know, nothing is too complicated, it's... You know the characters themselves aren't aren't too complicated, but the movie knows what it's doing and it knows how to tell a story and it knows how to make these people feel real, even if they're not like like I said, this isn't something where everyone has a huge crazy character arc. These are just people that are fun to be around. You're, you're, I'm sorry, go ahead, no, Nick. I, I don't want to cut anybody off. So John, we do it all the time. It's fine. All right, John. <laughs> by all means, go ahead. Uh, a few things. If if any of those if those characters were in King of the Monsters, I would have been in love with that movie. And it's they're just they're they're just fun. It's like you're saying they're fun, and they're fun to watch, and they're engaging. And you're you're going through it with the you're going through the whole situation with them. And you just you know when uh, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward are doing their aren't they, don't they do like a rock paper scissors thing? Oh yeah, they do it. it. Uh, yeah, several times. And that's just like. Yeah, it's like a great little veteran actor uh, character thing that they probably added in there because they're both really good character actors. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's just it's fun. Yeah. It's like Big Trouble Little China. Like you just sort of this story, and you know, Jack Burton is supposed to be us, sort of just like what the hell's going on in this whole movie? Yeah, and, uh, he keeps, giving he keeps giving characters engaged. those little quirks, I think, is important. We've talked on this show about how it's something that uh, you know bring it into the kaiju world. I think Kaneko is very good at. Oh, um, incredible! Oh, you know, incredibly great at it. You know, yeah. and and I mean, I think that smart writers and smart filmmakers is they know that these movies aren't going to be big Academy Award, 
dramas, but but they're smart enough to know like, okay, we need something to make these people feel like people. We need something. We need to make them feel real, because you know our story isn't gonna give them like this existential character arc where they they figure out the meaning of life. Like it's not that kind of movie, you know. So you got to give people something, and I think this movie just does great and all the performances i mean um we've barely mentioned and i mean we're gonna talk about him a lot but michael gross is Britt gummer uh reba mcintyre who i think she postponed her honeymoon just to be in this movie um and i you know she was i think she was yeah she was a successful singer at the time even um Everyone's just great. You see, um, I forget the the girl's name, but the the girl that would later on play Lex in Jurassic Park. Um, Mindy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she plays Mindy. And and that's another, this is another thing that like, in the sequels, it wouldn't matter. But there's that scene where she's on the pogo stick and you're like, oh my God, this kid's going to die. You know? Yes. (laughs) Which which goes into what I was saying before about there are rules to these monsters. Once you start finding out those rules, you start seeing what people are doing. And it's like, oh, no, that girl on the pogo stick, she's making sound. These things are going to get her. Like, you know the risks of what's going. And and they play that into the monster. Does that make more sense from what I was trying to explain before? Yes, it does. Thank God. Uh, (laughs) Jesus, that was a bone here. No, it does. I was just I was just, you know, it's it's when you're a screenwriter and you're sitting down trying to figure out a story you can't just have these all powerful monsters with no weaknesses. So you have to sort of get to figure out the, the strengths and their weaknesses and uh, pretty much the X, Y, and Z of what makes these creatures, what they are. So they, you know, you set up like a Bible of like the, the, the creatures and what they do and how they react to people. And then you just have fun with it. And that's exactly what they did in this movie. They yep. just had fun. And it just, you know, again, like, like we were saying, there's no explanation for it. There's no meteor in the beginning. There's no, they're just, <laughs> You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's just like, they're just people reacting to what's going on around them. And some of it is like, oh, that's how I would react. And then you have the gun nut. And when we were kids, like that scene where Michael oh, Gross. Basement. Oh, yeah, my God. Right. Yeah. Which was a miniature, right? Yeah. Were we talking yeah, about yeah. that earlier? Yeah. Yeah. So, like that's, the, yeah, that's a miniature set. And what's really cool about that scene is the puppet is a miniature, like basically a, a hand puppet, an advanced hand puppet. But it really doesn't look all that much different or lacking in detail from like, you know, the bigger animatronic or anything. It's pretty yeah, consistent. It, it's not yeah. like the it's not like the fifty four Godzilla puppet. Oof. Right, where it looks Oof. nothing <laughs> like the suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oof. But to, um to go back to what you were saying earlier, Bird, about the the characters. And you mentioned how, you know, stories now it's just like, oh, this character says funny things. So that's like their whole uh personality like they are they are the jokester they're 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 the quippy guy like that that's what they do in this movie it's like i think every single character says like a funny or smart ass remark because that's just like human that's just human nature yeah it's not like oh well this is this is the reason why they do that and they're all funny and they're always cracking jokes all the time like no people act accordingly if the situation is like they're on death's door they're not going to make a joke but if there's some downtime and someone says something that they can retort like they'll they'll crack wise about it right and there's also there, there's not a character in this movie where like oh you find out that uh walter chang owns this store because he's an alcoholic and has all these deaths to the mob or something like there's no deeper bullshit like that where i i feel like movies <laughs> these days 
It's like, oh, this person has to have like a really dark background in order to give us reasoning for why they would be in this place. Like, no, these people are just here. There's there's no there's no dark past. There's no emotional trauma that we have to have flashbacks to. Yeah, it's it's very it's very to the point, which. they're just people. Yeah, so people, which again, uh, I, which again doesn't happen too much. My favorite example of this is always uh, the Cronenberg version of The Fly, which literally opens in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> you know, it's not like okay, we want this guy to build this teleporter, and here we yeah, got to see how like, he does it. Like it, it, you're you're just thrown right into the middle of it and um yeah, yeah i i i i think that's also like movies now are never just like 90 minutes <laughs> you know they're always no, like two yeah, hours no. <laughs> because of stuff well, dark, like that. I, think, I think dark phoenix was wasn't it it was like gonna, 90 I'm, minutes yeah i'm gonna bring that up when we talk about the sequels with run times and all that but uh yeah i i agree with you and this movie you guys, like, did you guys like uh speaking of character quirk did you guys like when they were like redubbing the lines and said we killed you know like we killed that mother humper instead of because they had to cut all the f-bombs out to get yeah to yeah it was movie. originally <laughs> r and then they re-edited the movie that i think they even pushed the release date a little bit um to pg-13 yeah. where they really didn't have to do much but re- get rid of a lot of profanity i think there's like 20 f-bombs or so that were cut. Oh my god! So so that's yeah, why I, I so that's no why idea. they yeah. So that well, next time you watch it, it'll probably stick out more because that's when you say like, you know, can you fly, you sucker? And you know, we killed that mother humper. You know, they they did keep in that one f bomb that you're allowed to keep in a PG thirteen, but yeah. but that's yeah. why like wow. they say like some strange things sometimes because yeah, you'll see you'll notice the uh, lip movements don't match what they're saying if you're paying attention. Sarah's like, wow. they dropped the f bomb and changed. It. I'm like, yep. <laughs> That's funny. It's like watching a Scorsese movie on like regular TV. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always crazy. Final Wars. Yeah, it's like watching if you ever watch Casino on like AMC. It's just like you mother humpers you, and I'm like, what? Yeah, on YouTube you can find a lot of like clips of that. My favorite is uh, (laughs) uh, Samuel L. Jackson in Snakes on a Plane. He says, like, I want these monkey flying snakes off this monday through fly <laughs> off this monday through friday plane or something oh my like God. that that's, that's great that's actually better than what he really says <laughs> that, that's that's almost as good as the the cable version of the big lebowski if you know that scene uh i i no. oh uh, what oh god so, it's when he, when, he it's when he's busting up the car what does he say though yes and instead of this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass he says this is what happens when you find a stranger in the alps yeah, which is like no sense. Well, I, I think I think it's like a coded reference to deliverance. I think, like there is like an actual meaning behind it that traces it back to the original line. Um, but yeah, no, the so that's why there's some yeah TV edited edited for TV dialogue in this is because it was originally R. Um, you know, but we've we've talked quite a bit, and we haven't talked about the creatures themselves. And I think that that's well, actually before before we get into creatures, because we're still on like story and character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm surprised that we haven't gotten to this yet. But I think the absolute strongest part of this movie is the relationship between Val and Earl. Oh yeah, that that's is great. like oh yeah, of course. Hands down, like the greatest friendship, the greatest buddy buddy moments in any movie ever are these two characters. They <laughs> they just act like older and younger brothers. Like who knows how the hell they found each other in life, but they just have this 
loving yet hating relationship with each other and it's just it's uh, overwhelming like it's it's just so entertaining and enjoyable like i feel if they didn't work then the entire movie wouldn't have worked yeah it would and just it, be it would just be a monster it'd be like a sci-fi you know sci-fi channel movie or something without those two yes but like their relationship and the way that they deal with each other and other people in general it is just so entertaining and charming and it just sucks you right in it's the one film franchise where I would honestly want a prequel of Tremors that doesn't have a single monster in it, but it'd be like the adventures of Val and Earl and Val's history with Tammy Lynn Baxter and what happened there. Like, I would love to see what these guys do outside of this stuff. That's a good point. And the thing is, they're, the casting directors did a great job on that movie because those two, you you believe that they live in a desert that he wears cowboy hats and that they, <laughs> they no, I'm serious. Cause you, you no, someone, I saw someone absolutely. in Staten, I saw somebody in Staten Island, you know, they had a cowboy hat and I'm like, what are you doing? This is the Northeast, you dummy. Um, so, uh, you believe everything that they do. That's just good acting. Right. So you just buy into it. You buy into all of it and they just, they sold their characters and, and they know, you know, they, they knew they weren't signing up for like a Shakespearean, type of movie they knew what they had and they, they made the best of it and it was great and it all translated properly and yeah. it just it just it it made it more enjoyable but you're right if it's if those two don't work then it's like what am i watching this movie for there's no yeah. point yeah it's kind and of i mean you can, you can tell especially with them but everybody in this movie you can tell that every actor is having just an absolute blast being involved in this well and they i, I that... wish <laughs> i wish bird loved me the way that val loved earl <laughs> well luckily me and nick love each other the way those two love each other yeah who would be val and who would be earl in that relationship? Oh, i'm definitely um earl is the one earl's the older guy right yes. yeah uh, i'll be earl i'm older so he's gonna I, push your ass off the uh, off the building and go and like chase after the, the girl or whatever yeah i'll be him because he because he he gets some action in the second one but we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> yes, so it's cool it's cool yeah, I mean, look at the look at the the status of the girl that Val ends up with today. She's all stealing credit cards. And... I know. <laughs> uh, anyway, Bird, go on. Yes, the monsters. I I think that they're, they're a big part of what makes these movies exciting. Um, but. Yeah, I the way I I don't know how you guys feel about them, but I I think they're one of the more unique creature designs um they, well i was gonna say are, what, what's cool about it is they really didn't look at any actual worms in designing them they looked at things like rhinos and elephants and reptiles and all these uh, other creatures and were like we'll take this and this and this and this and just make it into a worm shape like they didn't look at real life worms at all which i think is probably why it the design is so out there and so so cool is they were just like we're gonna look at everything but worms yeah and yeah. i think they also i saw one of the documentaries on the dvd for this um when they were designing the the graboids they didn't want to make it look like they had a big hurdle because dune was released like a few years before mm -hmm. and they didn't want to make the graboids just look like that and i think that push like you said led them in the direction of taking elements from like non-worm animals and putting it into that worm form. But you look at what they ended up with. And for me, that is one of the all time great 
monster movie, uh, movie monster designs is the Graboid. You look at it and you can tell it's a monster. It looks great. It has a very distinct style and feel to it, but it also feels very plausible. Like that thing could exist. Maybe not at 30 feet long, but it looks like a functioning creature that lives in its environment with the hard armored head to help push it through the gravel um, to all the little spikes on the body to help if they all move at once, it pushes it forward. Like it looks functional. It doesn't look like something that is strictly made up in a Hollywood art department, but something that could be, you know, in the dirt as we speak. Very well said. All right, guys, that's the show. Thanks for uh, tuning in. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's so good. It is such a great design. The, the tongues that come out of it with like the little backward hooks on their heads, like everything about it serves the purpose for, you know, maneuvering through dirt and for attacking and eating and pulling down prey. Like it, it's such a functional yet stylized design. It's, it's such a good, it's such a good design. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah. And, and the effects are uh, staggeringly good to this day. I, I, I can't think of a single, really? yeah. I can't think of a single effect shot that I don't think holds up there there there's one the only effect shot that makes me cringe every time i see this movie and i cringe because the rest of the movie is such perfection is the scene where the graboid go uh burst through the wall of bert's basement and him and heather are unloading on him and shooting everything at him and everything looks great but then there's that one shot where it's michael gross is bert gummer and like a rear projection screen behind him with the graboid like coming through the wall you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And actually, just, we posted some some behind-the-scenes stuff on our Facebook page a while back, and, and I, I might actually reshare it, but there's some really awesome pictures of that scene in particular because they actually have the hand puppet coming through the wall. And then they show, like, the scale of that compared to, like, the actual desert floor they created. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, like, all the miniatures and everything in that sequence are great, but they do that one shot where it's rear projection, and it just looks so grainy, and it really takes you out. Of of the whole sequence, in my opinion, I just think it's like a it's a sore thumb on the entire shot. You know, it's a great sequence. That's actually one of my favorites. I think it's the beginning where the construction crew, the guy's jackhammering, and he hits into the graboid into the street. I think that was like the opening of the movie. Am I wrong? Bleeding. Yeah, the opening, but yeah, it's later on. Is it later on? But the way, like that whole sequence, the way it feels, if. It really does feel like a um, like a, a big miniature set, if that makes any sense. Like a big outdoor miniature set. The way it hits the graboid and it goes through the the pavement and it goes up the hill, and everything about that scene just works. And it just is yeah. such a great sequence. I think the truck gets sucked underground too, or something. Oh, the the station wagon of the the doctor and his wife that are like building their home. Yeah, like that's yeah. another great scene. There's a yeah. lot of a lot of really good effect shots and. I'm pretty sure it's all practical, so... Yeah, my, my favorite set piece is uh, when Victor Wong, the great Victor Wong, gets... Yes! Gets... I, I don't know that it... I mean, I didn't see it in theaters, but I imagine it, it, that you could even call that, like, an early jump scare when it comes through the, the, the shop and it, it pulls him underground. Yes, that is a great shot. And you but even kind of see, they... like, his limbs, like, bending in ways that they shouldn't yes, yes they're like broken in because he's being sucked down into the mouth of this thing yeah that's that's a great scene and i'd imagine anyone seeing that movie i mean i don't know when victor wong shows up in something he 
you know, I don't think of him as the kind of actor that gets killed off in the middle of a film. Yeah, that was kind of yeah. it was unexpected when you're watching it. We haven't talked about the fact that the, that the trimmers, like, they learn as they go, and they're trying different things in the first movie. And it works so well in this movie, and they just kind of, like, throw it to the wayside and everything else. But I love Well, the fact I, I that, think they kind of stick with it through uh, the first three, I would say. Um, but I just, I like that idea. I like the fact that, like, the trimmers are trying things, and, like, they're clearly t- changing their approaches. It makes it feel threatening the whole time. Yeah, And that's one of my favorite things about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. This one, in, back... I, I've I've said a few times now that you know the rules are taken a little more seriously in this one, whereas in the sequels it's kind of just whatever is convenient for the story. Um, but another thing is in this one, like they kind of establish that no matter where you are, you're still a little bit in danger to a degree. Um, whereas in the sequels, it's like okay, if you're by a window or in a car, like you're dead, but if, but you can walk around outside all you want. But in this, I mean, you know, even if you're, if you stand on top of a shack or something, you're safer than you would be on the ground, but you're still not safe. And it's, it's, it's all about like the, it's the time game that the graboids play. Like they will wait you out. If you're on, uh, if you're on a shack, yeah, you're safe for the next two hours until the graboids figure out, how to dig out that shack and get you back onto ground level. Like, it's not like you're completely safe. It's just how long do you have until shit changes again and you're in trouble. The only other note I have that's more of a trivia piece is that um, the credited composer, Ernest Troost, uh, his musical score was almost completely thrown out because the studio thought it was too goofy and then uh, they hired a composer named Robert Folk to write a new score that was more serious and actiony, and uh, he is not in the credits. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if that was really? a, yeah. So I don't know if that wow. was a contract yeah. thing, but the the actual composer's name isn't in the credits. Damn, because I do love the music in this movie. Yeah, I like wonder it, if it's it, at least it, on the soundtrack album or something. I don't know. I don't think Tremors had a soundtrack album. <laughs> um, they they might have had, I, like, a single for that Reba McIntyre song that closes out the movie, but I don't know if they had, like, a soundtrack. That's a good song. Is it? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, another, another thing I want to go back to, which Bird you brought up, yeah, uh, was the, the effects. And I know we went on about, like, oh, the miniature for this one scene, but I, the the strength of this movie, to me, is, like, this was done... 1990 so this was like from 89 until 90 maybe 88 when they started doing like pre-production stuff but this was a time like no computers no nothing and they really pulled out every trick in the book to make this movie they had large animatronics they had miniatures they had miniature sets like the entire town of perfection was built for this movie that's not an existing location that's all shit that they built for this film and I, I think all the stuff that they use and all the elements that they use flow so seamlessly into each other that it's hard to tell what's a miniature, what's a full-size animatronic graboid, you know, what's this, what's that. And it's just, like you said earlier, it, the effects hold up today. I agree. Nothing, nothing looks fake, nothing looks CGI, nothing looks out of place. Everything looks organic and natural. And I think it's a testament to any practical effects. Like, classes could be taught on this movie alone. Yeah, that's I a agree. that's a very good point. There's not there's nothing in that film where 
aside from like the rear projection thing where I go, Ooh, no, that doesn't look good. Like it's still, it's it's the one shot. Like without that shot, it'd be flawless. Yeah. It's great. It's the whole, everything about that movie works like every sort of effect shot or when, you know, what there was one scene where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the tremor goes into a rock and it dies. Do you remember that scene? Mm -hmm. And that's when they realized that's when they realized they can't go through solid rock. Yeah. Like just the way they did that scene was just, was was fantastic. I just, I loved everything about it. Yeah. And that, that scene where the graboid runs into the rock wall and uh, they're digging it out later. That is easily the scene that has my favorite line in the movie is when they're digging it out. And Earl says, Hey Rhonda, has anyone seen anything like this before? And Val replies, yeah, Earl, everybody knows about him. We just didn't tell you. <laughs> and it's just, it's a testament to like their character and their relationship. And it's like everything you want to know about those two is right there. And I absolutely love that scene in that moment. You know, what's funny, Nick, when we were talking about doing this podcast for like months ago, you said, we're pretty much going to talk about the first movie for like hours <laughs> and then get to the other movies for, and for give the other movies like 20 minutes total time. To talk That's about pretty much ones. where we're at because we're at about 50 minutes. And, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. and honestly, I got I got a lot to say about the sequels and the TV show. Well, let's so get cracking. Wanna, how yeah, many? Let's go. Uh, let's go. How many uh, bent up Victor Wong's do you give this out of five? <laughs> out of what? Out of what, though? How many, out um, of five. Five bent up Victor Wong's. I give it five easily. Come on. Yeah, easily. Easily five easily. out of five. I'm going to follow not cl- too close behind with four and a half. Matt, what do you got? What? Wait, 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 <laughs> oh, God forbid I gave a movie four and a half <laughs> out of five. I want to know the logic. What is, why, uh, why it's just one that out? it's just one that well, see for me, I think uh, it's just one that I I don't revisit often, and maybe I should, but you should. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying that I shouldn't, but uh, <clears throat> you know, just because it's not in regular, it's not something that I I really feel like you know I need to always have in rotation, you know. So I'm I'm holding off a little bit, but I, I agree with everything that. You guys have said as far as, you know, the technical aspects and, and all that stuff. See what this uh, clown I, uh, has to Nick say. just bullied me into making mine a five. So. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming Matt no, I, was on my level, I'm and no, now he's... four he, and a half. I, I think for me, <laughs> I have this weird thing where I, I have to leave a five out of five for movies that I unabashedly love. And I haven't seen this one enough to say that I unabashedly love it, but like I can't find a thing that I hate or dislike or even think is a a, a major flaw or detractor, honestly. So oh, take okay. that for what it's worth. Yeah, that's kind of where I am. I just don't love it. Yeah. I mean, four that's and fun. a half is a pretty damn good rating. It's a great movie. I mean, <laughs> I I, th- I I think it's one that uh, I'm gonna show Landon fairly soon because he w- he came down when we were watching it and he had just woke up from like. It, it was kind of late, and he kind of woke up, and in a fog, and he came down, and we were watching like half an hour. I'm like, I'm not sure if he's ready for this yet. So, oh wait, how old, be something he, how, old yeah, how, how old is he? He's six. I mean, he's watched like Ultraman, oh. murder all kinds of monsters that bleed yeah. everywhere. I'm not sure this is different, but I was younger than that when I first saw Tremors. I was probably seven, I think seven or six, because 1990 would have been I would have been five. So yeah, I was five. I watched the hell out of this shit. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> Let's talk All about right. Tremors 2. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, oh boy. Nick still cares, okay? I do still care. I care about all these movies except for the sixth one. It's but anyway, still we'll real to, to him, damn it. 
Um, but no, Tremors, uh, what's interesting is that this is one that really didn't do very well at the box office, but found life on home video and cable. I mean, like we said... It, wait, 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 wait. Wasn't Tremors 2... Too... Oh, wait, are you talking I'm about talking Tremors about the first Tremors 2? Um, okay, okay. But uh, I think I think that its cult following had built them enough time over... you got to keep in mind, these are six years apart. Over those six years, you know, had built up its audience. Um, and uh, from what I understand, both Kevin Baker and Reba McIntyre were planned to return, uh, but Reba couldn't do it because of a tour, and then Kevin Bacon uh, chose Apollo 13 instead, which I'm, I mean, obviously... He does not regret that choice. Oh, I, I was going to say, he probably regrets it quite a bit. You know, let's, I would. let's be real. Because he, I mean, his career went nowhere. Because, um... <laughs> I mean, he could have done, you know, number two in the Tremors movies, but he chose to do number 13 in the Apollo movies. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nice. Um, but the lo- the loss of those two stars uh, lowered the budget from seventeen million to four million, <laughs> um, and uh, also, I mean, they it, they only even agreed to do it at four as a straight to video thing. Um, many of the crew lowered their salary, and a lot of people actually ended up uh, like crew people agreed to do it for free, including the director, which was. Steve Wilson, who wrote the first movie, he directed this one for free. Oh my god! Wow, just that is nuts. Just because he wanted to make it happen. Um. So, uh, so I, I, I think that you know we'll get into the pros and cons, but I, I, I think that the, the, you know the, the intent and the, um, you know it, it's a movie that was made by people that care, uh, it, but I, I think the budget is definitely something that that ties it up quite a bit um so here we have uh we get back to earl who uh one thing i like about this is that it's it's one of the few franchise sequels that really kind of shows like what happened to the world after the events of the first movie because it's like earl became a big uh like a big star in the public eye Vale went off and ra- married Rhonda, and Earl invested a bunch of money into an ostrich farm, <laughs> which is <laughs> not doing well. Um, <laughs> so he's broke again, and then uh, he is uh, scouted to help Mexico solve a graboid problem. Which I, I, I in, but in that first like I don't know ten twenty minutes, you get to see things like how uh, you know there's. Um, there's a comic book and an arcade game and, you know... Uh, he, he was on the cover of Time Magazine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, stuff. you get you, you kind of get to see how the world reacted to the discovery of, like, these these insane creatures. Um, and I, I, I like that aspect. I think that it's, it's, it's a good way to kind of do a little bit of world building. Like, there's a theme park attraction, I think they say, or, or the one guy oh, wants no, to he... open a theme park. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, the, the new guy wants to make, like, Worm World or whatever the hell he called it. Yeah, so uh, he's joined by a new guy named Grady who's a cab driver who, like, drove a guy, like, to, like across several states or some crazy thing just for a chance to meet Earl. Um, 
and then of course later on they they bring Bert in um for the the to help hunt them and uh and and from there it 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 gets into a lot of similar beats as the first one but here's where we get our first variant on the graboids which is we'll talk about their life cycle as the it is revealed throughout the films but this this is where it's kind of strange in that the actual graboid uh, instead of like being a larva that cocoons itself and turns into something else inside of it it forms like what is it two or three little eggs that hatch out of it and are these little ground creatures called shriekers yeah, I cannot wait to complain about the life cycle once we get to that. <laughs> well, I, I, He's been waiting uh, for this for a while. Yeah, I, well, I think I four is the last yeah, one where months. they... In, the fourth one, I think, is the last one where they introduce a new part of it. But yeah, it's very strange. I, are there... Is there a creature in nature that has, like... No. Because <laughs> it, like, mu- it, like, multiplies. The only, the only thing that works like that are parasites. Like, if another creature laid its eggs inside a graboid that would happen right no no creature reproduces like that where they're being like torn open by their babies (laughs) (laughs) except for an alien to an alien well well the thing that the thing about the shriekers that makes even less sense and again if there's something this get into this now bird because I like <laughs> he's been waiting. We might as well. I'm already there. We'll because if if there is something this weird in nature, someone feel free to correct me. But the thing that's even crazier is that they reproduce just by eating a lot. Like if they eat a lot, then they like <laughs> yes. throw up an egg or something. Or something right? Oh my god! Yes. No. Th- when they eat a lot, they throw up like another fully grown shrieker. They have that scene in the movie. Where one of the shriekers eats one of Bert's like combat. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he he barks up like a fully grown shrieker. I, Just right there. Again, I know nature is weird, and if it exists, someone tell me because that would be crazy. But I <laughs> I couldn't make. I that's yeah. that's by far the most nonsensical thing about this. I thought like. Nature is weird, but nature is very rarely impractical, and that's an impractical creature. Yeah, nature has Man. a purpose. <laughs> Those shriekers, like 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 I said at the beginning, like nothing in nature produces like that other than parasites. Like something would not give birth by having the babies burst out of it. But the like the things. That how I does really it? But how would how would it with, how would it reproduce by eating? I, that's one of the the many <laughs> questions that don't make sense about these things does it turn its uh, food into another one of them i don't know like it would be like if like you eat a whole pizza and like you 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 clone yourself <laughs> right? like you throw up another version of yourself that's right <laughs> that would be horrible for humanity <laughs> if that happens there, there's there's so many things wrong like what i what i went on about the graboid before like all the things i love about the graboid are all the things that I hate about the Shrieker. Because they are the most impractical creature I've ever seen. This thing is blind and deaf. <laughs> but it has, like, a, a heat sensor. But according to the movie, the heat sensor only works when they have, like, the flap open. They have that little... Yeah, it like, comes out of their head. flap on the top yeah. of its head. So when that flap is down, does that mean that it's, like, completely blind and therefore can't see or hear? Yeah, why would why would it keep that thing down if it's the only way it can? 
And then also, you have these creatures which are essentially like big turkeys that walk around on two legs that are maybe like three feet off the ground, and it's deaf, so it has no inner ear for, like, balance. And then it's also blind. (laughs) So are these things just, like, running into rocks and walking off cliffs? And if you think about that, maybe the fact that these things have a higher death rate than possibly lemmings, maybe that was built in, maybe that was built in by nature because of the way that they reproduce. They reproduce by eating, and the only way to kill that many things is to make them, like, so implausible and impractical that they kill themselves. So they reproduce themselves and they kill themselves at the same time, and that is this movie's weird way of having nature in balance, and I hate the Shriekers. Well, I think the... Well said. It walking around with so awful. It walking around with the sensor down. So would that be like if we just walked around all day with our eyes closed? That's what I don't get because like there's so many scenes where it's like oh it has to pop up the sensor to see the heat. So when it's down like does it see nothing? Like it it makes no sense. But it's it's no a creature. It's a creature born to walk on land. So why wouldn't have eyes to see? It's not a creature. You can't crawl underground with that anatomy. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, it, it, it makes like, no like, sense. Like a, a real worm has no eyes because they're underground, but a snake has eyes because they're not underground. Yeah. <laughs> what in nature doesn't have eyes that, that walks on the surface of the earth? On yeah. the surface, like it's... on the earth itself. <laughs> and something that is deaf that is also like center of gravity three feet off the ground, which would need balance on two legs. And therefore has no inner ear, so there has right. like has no balance. Like it's insane. The <laughs> I just reason. The I would just. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I'll do my final thing about the Shriekers. Is the only reason why these things were in the movie was because of Jurassic Park. Everybody fucking loved Velociraptors, and they were like, "Hey, <laughs> how do we how do we get Velociraptors into into Tremors?" Well, maybe the the Graboids evolved from big things to little man sized things like the Velociraptors. People fucking love them. Yeah. If you look at the Shrieker, it's a combination of Velociraptor, Predator, and Gremlins. Because there's like a whole un- insane reproductive cycle. It's got the heat sensing like Predator, and they're like Velociraptors. They're they're garbage monsters. I hate them. <laughs> so I take it, Nick, that I take it, Nick, that you did not like the scene for scene recreation of the kitchen thing from Jurassic Park. That wasn't that wasn't something you enjoyed. <laughs> with like the, well, I mean, the foot tapping and like I, I thought the they did that and, in the um did they do that in this one I thought that wasn't till part six uh they did Either. that in they did that in a couple of them does this franchise do that in, twice they, yeah they did it in what? two they almost did it in three and then they did they it did it in, okay five it I meant five it yeah yeah, yeah. Five, yeah five five is really... the one that rips off of like a bunch of movies but this franchise yeah. did that twice <laughs> doing it once is bad enough but. For shame, Tremors. Yeah, um, I will give the I I will give the Shriekers one credit because I like the fact that they actually made it look like it came from a graboid. Like they still mm-hmm. gave it the the hard head and the skin texture similar. Like it looks like it came from the creature yeah, that yeah, it yeah. burst out of. I just hate everything else about it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm I don't I I hate the the life cycle but the creature itself i don't i don't so much mind and you know they do some cool things i like when they're like we talked about on top of yeah yeah because we, we talked about in the first one it's cool that they're learning <laughs> yeah and in this one there's the part where they're like standing on top of each other to try to but get to the roof 
I like that. How does a how does a creature that's blind and deaf achieve that? Shut up. That's how. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin the magic, Nick. God, there's there's so much wrong with those things. Oh, and the CGI in this movie. Yeah, oh, it, it, the there's a lot of '90s CGI is bad, and this is no exception. Um, it's like it's like Ultraman Tiga yeah. CGI. No, the practical the pra- stuff is still great. Um, yeah, anything that's a practical rubber monster effect is great, but once that CGI kicks in, when it's in the day, looks awful. Yeah, oh, it's bad. Um, you know, you know, it's what a there was one scene when I was because I was watching this recently where, you know, at the end where they lure them all into the warehouse and they blow it up. Mm-hmm. You could tell it was a miniature. That was the first time I was like, yeah. oh, wow, that really does look like a miniature. Yes. The explosion at the end where they actually like blow up something that was very enjoyable. Seeing anything blown up in real life is always good. Well, yeah, <laughs> of we obviously love miniatures here. Um, yes. Yeah, Wait, the... do we need to go into like the the story, the quote unquote story of this movie. Well, I I, we I, I, I kind of explain the setup. I mean, from there on out, it is kind of doing similar beats of the original, where they're just trying to keep away from these these creatures, and they come up with ideas like uh, when they f- spray Fred Ward down with the uh... oh, with the fire. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. There, there's a there's a new set of rules. It's not about not making sound. You can make as yeah, much sound as you want because they're deaf. Yeah. Yeah, it's just you can't show off your body heat because they're like predators. Apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were introduced to uh, um, the one, uh, uh, the lady, uh, the the science lady. Um, and then uh, I mentioned the new guy. And then there's some like cannon fodder characters. Um, uh, I don't think anyone else comes back for this one. Other but, than Bert, yeah, but yeah. I like how they. Ma- I do like how they made Bert in this movie, where uh, Earl calls him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing great." And then the camera pans out, and he's like sitting in his basement in his underwear eating pork rinds <laughs> <Yeah>. watching TV. <laughs> and the camera pans out, and he's got like the different taxidermied animal heads, and the camera keeps per- uh, panning out, and then you see the big graboid head yeah. there. I thought that was really fun, and you know his wife left him because he's a fucking madman. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Eating Burt down was probably the best thing this series did. And um, this is also one where, because I and I mean, we'll kind of get into it later when when Burt becomes more of the central character, and it, it, just by nature, he's always kind of over prepared. So, in my opinion, at least, and jumping a couple steps ahead, the other sequels, the stakes don't seem quite as balanced, just because. He's Burt Gummer. He's just going to shoot everything. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, I like how in the last act this of this one, um, there's that s- stretch of time where the movie kind of found a way to incapacitate him by, you know, where he has to hide in the the little truck or whatever. Oh, the, and the, like the, the bucket. Of yeah, the yeah. And, and so like yeah. he can't necessarily get everyone else out else out of trouble. I thought that was a good move. Um I also liked the fact that he is always overprepared was a detriment to their like escape plan when he shot that one shrieker, but he had like a bullet that was so powerful that it went through the concrete wall behind it. Right. He shot, <laughs> shot the gas tank of the truck that they were going to escape in. And everyone's yelling at him. He's like, I came here to hunt graboids. I didn't know I was hunting these things. I came with guns for maximum penetration. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of, it... Uh, in the last when we talked about the last movie, I kind of my main thing with this one is like, 
I don't like how it's... It does that thing a lot of sequels do, where, like, its way of establishing the Shriekers as a new threat is to make the Graboids seem like not as big of a threat. So they're blowing up, like, a billion of them in the first 20 minutes. Um, yeah. You know... Uh, I agree with that. And, and another thing, and uh, I don't know, I, I'm not going to say it bothers me, but it's definitely noticeable, especially, like, when you know why the movie is the way it is. Like, uh... There's a lot of action kind of sequences that happen off screen, which I mean, that's obviously a budget thing. Um, yeah, yeah, and this movie definitely looked like it went straight to video. Yeah, when I was watching it, recently, <laughs> oh, it, did. it just it really looked like you know, straight to home video coming out this summer, Tremors 2 <laughs> Aftershocks. Like, it just it did not have the quality that the previous film did. Yeah, um. But it's. I think. I still think it's the best of the sequels. I agree. I agree. I. I it was still kind of caring, kind of trying, trying something different, even though those shriekers sucked. I disagree, and we'll get in that to the next film. Jesus Christ! Do you ever <laughs> agree with me? Sometimes. I mean, Gamera Two. That's it. That's all we have. Is Gamera Two? It might be, even though Gamera Two isn't everything. Not every movie bases its movie off of Gamera Two. All right, well, I got another question. Point Pleasant or Seaside Heights? Ooh, um, I'd say Point Pleasant. All right, so we agree on two things. Yay! Great. We could celebrate. All right, back to the Shut podcast. Up. Anyway, yeah. Um, I, the other thing I... Oh, bird, <laughs> I was going to say, I agree. This is my favorite of the sequels. Um, the CGI that's there is bad, but we're still at a point where it's mostly practical stuff that looks awesome. Um and uh, it it makes a really good use of Burt Gummer and Earl. Um, I like the they kind of reference how little things in the outside world have changed after the discovery of graboids. Um, and I I just think it's really fun. Like I said, growing up, these are the only two that I ever watched, um, and it was because Tremors one, Tremors two were on TV all the time, whether it was a sci-fi channel or TNT or whatever, it was always playing on somewhere. So, um, so yeah, these yeah, are it was, the... hev- it was heavily, in, it was like a heavy rotated, uh, movie. Yeah. So, so, so these, these are the two, two that I, re- that I have seen the most. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Well, before we move off from tremors two into whatever we end up going off on the one thing, <laughs> That I think even more than the Shriekers and their insane biology and mechanics and and everything else, I hate the fact that in this movie they give the Graboids an explanation. Where the scientist lady is like, oh, I've been looking at this rock for 18 months and I just realized now it's a a preserved piece of a Graboid. Look, (laughs) compare it to this picture in this Time Life magazine. And she's like, oh, th- this fossil is from, like, the Precambrian era. So these things predate the fossil record, and they've been around for so fucking long. I hate that they give it an explanation. It does nothing for the character except makes you question, like, why haven't we seen them sooner? Like, I, I just I hate the fact that they gave it a reason and that they made it so old. And if you look into the Precambrian era, there's really nothing much there for a 30-foot monster worm to eat. So, like, practicality is just thrown out the window. They didn't mention the prehistoric aspect of it in the first one? I don't remember. No, the first one, they have that yeah, yeah. where they're all, sitting around, they're all sitting around saying, like, oh, they could have been this, they could have been that. 
but they never but they never overtly like explain no. that they were woken up by whatever or nope they no. get into that even no. more later on but yeah but i, I right. just hate that explanation it it wasn't needed it did nothing for the story it did nothing for the monster it was just pointless i think the mystery was more fun it usually is you know i uh so anyway they 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 blow up the they trap all the creatures in the the little shack they blow it up and uh everyone is happy and they they go home and oh and uh the lady that the they've been working with it turns out all along was Earl's like teenage crush on the calendar she's a pen- or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she was a penthouse pet house. or something. Oh, when they're checking out each other's asses and she- <laughs> <laughs> that's all I remember. Like they both look. Yeah. Um. So uh, uh, what do you? Uh, how many? How many barfed up shriekers? Yeah, how many barfed up shriekers do you give Tremors to? Uh, I'm going to go with three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I give it three and a half. Solid three and a half. A lot of fun. I would go with two. Get out of here. Wow. Yes. (laughs) That is... for me, this movie, I I can enjoy it and go along with the ride until the Shriekers show up. As much as it downplays the threat of the Graboids, I do enjoy the characters using fucking remote-controlled cars with dynamite strapped to it to take them out. Like, I thought that was a fun, funny idea for them to, to use as a hunting technique. And I like the world building, like Bird said before. It showed how the world was reacting to Graboids being known and, and everything that's happened since and the state of where Earl and Bert Gummer are at, that I thought was great. And then the Shriekers show up, and it's like, what the fuck is this shit? This Jurassic Park knockoff nonsense. So, Don't tell me you like two. the Ass Blaster one the most. <laughs> I, I, out of all, we'll get to it, but yes, out of all the sequels, I like three the most. Oh, Christ. Well, right, well let's uh, get to the third one. <laughs> uh, before we get to the third one, did you know that uh, between two and three, there was a pitch for a Tremors TV series that is not the one that got made? Wait, oh. what? What was the what was the pitch going to be? Uh so it was it was supposed to bring back uh Earl and Val uh with Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon and it was going to be like um because of their known graboid antics um they were going to like be hired as like monster hunters so they would do uh you can read about this online there's like a an episode where they they hunt Bigfoot um, like a giant killer shrimp. Um, what? there, there was a wow. vamp, there was a vampire episode, um, one with like a giant bat. So, uh, but that just, uh, aside from some concept art and, uh, episode synopsis is, is, is um, <laughs> it, it just, nothing took off, but you can see that concept art and read the episode breakdowns online. Hell yeah, I will definitely look that out. That sounds like a show I would watch, like, twice. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That show sounds awesome. Not just once, but twice. I'd watch it twice. (laughs) Just twice. But only twice. Um, Not three times, now. Well, uh, here we get into 2001's Tremors 3. Um, Now, 
just to give um, Nick a little bit of rope, uh, this is uh, Burt Gummer himself, Michael Gross's favorite of the Tremors movies. Um, so you got one person in your corner. Um, yeah, and, and sorry, it's called it's called Tremors Three: Back to Perfection. Yes, Pun which definitely intended. Yes, which which if you have not seen a Tremors movie and just saw this on a video shelf, you wouldn't know what that meant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh, uh, we are, as the title indicates, back in perfection, um, and. Uh, this is where the franchise shifts to make Bert uh, the main character. Um, and here the, the Graboids are back, and uh, we find that they're evolving again into flying variations that fart methane gas and, like, use it to, like, take off. Into the, to rocket propel <laughs> yeah, to propel them into the air and glide around, um, and they are called the Ass Blasters, which I I I am not a fan of that name. Wow, at yeah, all. <laughs> I detest that name. It's awful. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a homophobic slur where I come from. <laughs> um, and uh, I will partially because I'm tired of doing them. The other part, because I may or may not have forgotten a lot of it, I'll, I'll have Matt do the movie synopsis. Yay! Hey, Matt's, Matt's still here. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm just I'm just taking it all in, learning about. Shut Ass up and tell us right about Tremors Three. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it, taking it all in and ass blasters in the same sentence. It just <laughs> sounds kind of weird. But go ahead. Dude, I can't recover after that now. <laughs> <laughs> this was a PG show, like last week, by the way. Everyone. Well, yeah, it's it's fine. No, we've never been PG. We've always shut up. We want to hear fine. about Tremors three. <laughs> Tell us. I that. mean, the ass blasters show up and they they do things. I. <laughs> Does okay. anyone remember this movie? <laughs> No, I, I do. Just let Nick do it. All right, yeah, I'm going to have Nick do it because he's the he's. This is his favorite of the sequels, anyway. Yeah. So, strange. Do, yeah. do better than so, whatever that was. I remember the potato gun. Okay, that's what I remember. Yes, the potato gun's great. So anyway, so Tremors three, back to perfection, meaning perfection Nevada and perfecting their sequels, is a a story <laughs> of Burt Gummer being the main character. He is front and center of this film. He is living in Perfection, Nevada, and Perfection, Nevada has become like a tourist destination because everybody knows about Graboids and Shriekers, and everybody wants to come to Perfection to where it all began. And there's some guy, isn't his name like Cactus Jack or some shit like that? The the secondary guy who does like the, the Graboid tours in the town? Oh, God, I don't remember. Yeah. Anyone back me yeah. up on what his character you're the only. Sorry, Nick, you're on your own on this one. All right. Let's just call him Cactus Jack. We'll call him Cactus Jack. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. And he does he does little, you know, fake Graboid tours, which I thought were delightful in here. It was like a, a haunted hayride where he take, you know, tourists around to this desert. Oh, area. this is he so he's on the they're on the wagon and he has his yes. friend. Yeah, okay. Got, I, like, I remember. Yeah, he's he's got some schmuck running around the, in the shrubs with a fire extinguisher blowing yeah. it to make it seem like a Graboid's traveling underground. Yes. And it's just this this quaint like you know, P.T. Barnum, like, huckster kind of stuff going on in, in Perfection. And everyone in the town is trying to capitalize on, you know, the world phenomenon that is the Graboid. Well, it turns out 
that the Graboids are back. And they're not only back, but they're going to show you the next stage of the revolution. So in the previous film, Graboids evolved from Graboid to Shrieker. But the Shriekers, once I guess they eat enough or fuck enough or do something enough, they, like cicadas, go into a cocoon-like state and shed their skin and come out as what are known as ass blasters, which is something that looks like a cross between a shrieker and uh, like a little a, a winged dragon type thing, because it's got like these little things to, to, to glide with. But the ass blasters have a combustible element that shoots out their ass, which propels them into the sky, and they can glide around on their little, on their little wingalings, and they go around, but they also have eggs. So they can fly around and dispense these eggs far and wide, which would then become graboids. So the threat is now escalated because it's no longer just shriekers. It's ass blasters that can fly and procreate and have all this crap with graboids. And it's up to our ragtag team of Burt Gummer. Let's call him Cactus Jack. And I think her name is Jody, who is like Walter Chang's niece from the first film, who now runs Walter's uh, shop supply store whatever so it's up to them to take out the ash blasters and and save the town of perfection and the world that's tremors three you know what i remember the most about that movie how cactus jack and the niece have like zero chemistry whatsoever in that movie but they're supposed to be sort of into each other by the end from what i remember I don't think no. They're not. It's not like Val and Rhonda at the end of Tremors. It's not like they share a kiss or anything. No, it was just. I I know just. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to come back because I haven't watched it. I watched it a while ago, but I just remember that there was like no. Even on an acting level, there was like no. I'll agree with that. Yeah. No, they they were very cold and distant. Yeah. Very like this is a paycheck. I just got out of acting school. I don't want to be a waiter. It yeah, was, uh, <laughs> it was like I'm sick of working at Denny's. That's that's what it felt like. Yeah, but we're not always gonna. You're not always gonna get Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward in every movie. That's yeah. no that 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 was a once in a lifetime like chemistry in a film. Yeah, yeah. It's so, uh, like when they use the 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 mattress to hide themselves from the uh, ass blasters in Red Vision. Yeah, because that's yeah. how heat works. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't see through cotton. Yeah. Wait, Bird, were you gonna were you gonna say something? I think Bird died. <laughs> no, I'm still Bird here. Bird died. He died at the last show. Um Yeah. Oh, and we have um Lex from Mindy. She's back. Mindy, yes, Mindy's back. Mindy's back and she's an adult lady, so how about it? Yay. Um how exciting. <laughs> uh yeah, and then I mean, I a lot of it just kind of turns into Tremors two again, but there, uh... which turns into Tremors oh. one. <laughs> right. Oh, I, yes, I, I forgot. I forgot one of the main components of this film is that there are graboids in the town, but the graboids aren't just back. There's a graboid that is an albino graboid, which they end up calling El Blanco. Yes, and because it's albino, it does not evolve. Because it can't procreate. Yeah, so, so it's it just stays, like this. So it stays a graboid. Yeah. So they realize, like, shit, those shriekers were a terrible idea. People love the graboids. We got to have at least one graboid in this show. We can extend the, the life cycle of the others, but we got to have one consistent graboid. And I actually appreciate 
the fact that they did that to have like one consistent throughout this movie yeah. because I feel that was like a big loss in the previous film is once they all became shriekers. It's like, where's the, the creature I came to see? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No hard pass. Uh, wait. So you guys, like all of you, uh, you don't like this movie. You think it's worse than two. It's the same movie. It's a step, literally. It's a, it's a step it's down just, for me. It's, yeah, I, 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 I think... like Each it, movie takes like 10 steps down. Like Not it, 10 it, steps. Well, but. here's my thing. Um, and something that I can kind of apply to the following movies is I think once you make Bert the, the main character, he's just so... Like, he's too good at this, so... You don't. I don't really feel as much tension in the actual more horror-y sequences. This is where the series kind of gets away from the more horror and more into just the action realm. Um, and then the 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 ride guy is basically in function and personality is like the same as the the cab driver guy from the last movie. Um, I would totally disagree with you on that. Why? I feel what is because that's what he that's what he does. <laughs> no, nobody the understands. Cactus... Sorry, God. Cactus Jack was just like, uh, oh, I'm this like smart ass huckster who's gonna do this ride and do this other stuff. Grady from Tremors Two was like, oh, bro, I'm such a big fan of Grab Boys, and I'm such a big fan of your work. Look at my crazy clothes. It's so 1990. Yeah, but they, they they do like, the same stuff. This Not is really. just a rehash of that, but worse. Oh, it's better. Tremors 3 is definitely better. Um, this is also <laughs> where the CGI is a little more prominent, and it's it as bad <laughs> as it is in the second one. Um, the but, CGI uh, but, in this... But see, like, aside from the the returning characters, this is where all the supporting cast members kind of just start to become a blank for me yes like i yes, i think I, I think one and two both have a really strong ensemble casts and here it's like uh you got bert and i mean even mindy and her mom i mean they retain a little bit of charm just i mean really just because they're so connected to the first one and then everyone else is just kind of like there and it's the bert gummer show and that's not necessarily a bad thing because bert's cool but like, I don't know, this is where it kind of is, this is where it's really kind of bursting at the seams a little a little more for me. I, I, I disagree with that. I feel in Tremors 2, they had no supporting characters. You had Earl, Brady, Bert, and What's-Her-Face. They're all better than the all these jackasses. But, sure. <laughs> but they are just four people, and there's no one else. In Tremors 3, you have Bert. You got Cactus Jack. You got Jody, who's running Walter's shop. You got Mindy, her mom. You have, like, the whole old... You got Miguel is back. You have, like, the whole old gang from Perfection. Melvin shows up. He's an asshole. He's selling real estate now and being a total prick. Like, you have so much more going on with people in Tremors 3 than you do in Tremors 2. Tremors 2 is just, like, lead character, dorky assistant, Burt Gummer showing in and not getting enough screen time. And then, like, some woman who shows up that just turns out to be the old crush of our main character. But it's Fred but Tre- Ward. But Fred Ward... <laughs> Fred Ward is awesome. 
He's awesome. Like he makes that movie. He when I think of part two, I think of Fred Ward, the other guy, the blonde, and Michael Gross. When I think of three, I I, think, I just I think, think of Michael, Michael Gross. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. of the whole town. Like just, like oh. Mag- Mag- the the one guy Miguel. I only remember it because he dies in this one, and then he does die. And then I and then I only remember uh, I forgot all about the uh, Chang's niece. Um, I don't know. I mean, this one. I didn't even know that was her niece until you guys just said it. This one's fun enough, but it's like I don't know. I it's it's again. I don't I don't know that I'll ever watch it again unless it's on TV and I have like some. I'm waiting for a. I don't know. An Uber? Right, yeah. Uber. <laughs> so, <laughs> to go to the bar to drink? So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't do it for me as much. But, I mean, I will say I pretty much like each one less than whatever the one before it was. So, you know, yeah. I, I still like this enough to where I would tell someone, like, oh, if you like the first two, you know, you might as well watch three. Um, I, I agree with that. I, you know, I was... Uh, when we were going to do this, I spent like a couple of days like watching these movies back to back. And you notice every one takes like a step down from the previous one. And it just becomes this, it becomes literally the same exact movie over and over, except when they're in the West or in the Arctic, like the environment will change, but it's just the same right. story. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is yeah. so redundant. And I guess it's a formula and it was making them money, so they just kept it going, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, were Godzilla movies any different? Right, yeah. We, lo- yeah. we love that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, as far as, like, straight to video... It, 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 look, there's a lot of franchises. A lot of them just ended up going straight to video. As far as straight to video sequels go, this one's pretty decent. You know, but it is... Yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. Straight to video B-movie sequel. Among other straight to video B-movie sequels pretty good but outside of that better umbrella you know it's yeah better than two <laughs> and i like You're... how they I, I really like how they go into uh bert and like i love his character i love how they give him more time and they make him more of a paranoid but the, well, the continuing but the then they do stuff joke, like like yeah. like they have they have the where he's like stuck in that cage and he like Within like after like one hour, he's like drinking his pee and stuff. Like, come on, that's that's in Tremors Five. We're talking about Tremors. Three. They all went together. At this <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I shotgunned all these in like less than a month. What do you? Yeah. <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. It's so it's one blur. <laughs> I, will, that, I, I, will, I will admit right here and right now that I bought Tremors Three when it came out on DVD because I was super stoked about it. And uh, and all and only you and yeah. only you were the only one. I, I did the sensible thing and I waited for Netflix to do it for me. <laughs> yeah. so, I bought this back in 2001, 2003, whenever the hell uh, this movie came out. I bought this DVD. I see it right there on my so, shelf. Oh my so God. how many uh, delusional Nick Shev DVD <laughs> do we, um, we rate this? I, I'm going to give it a three. Um it's in the realm of average, but if you decide to watch it, you know, you'll probably have fun, en- enough fun with it that you're not going to regret the hour and a half or whatever that, that you spent. So that's where I am. Uh, what about you, Vladi? I give it about uh, like a two-ish. <laughs> two point. <laughs> I give it like a 2.5 <laughs> only because it solidifies Michael Gross 
as the lead character in that series. Like that was like when it it shifted to him. That's the only good thing I could think about it or say about it. Yeah, I'll save Nick for last. Uh, I give yeah. it a three. I, I, I did enjoy moments in this movie. I obviously don't remember much about it, and I think that's ultimately maybe the biggest flaw because everything after the second one, they just it kind of feels the same. It's the same. It's like yeah. It's the same, but worse. <laughs> and you know, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. All right, Chevalev. Go ahead, Nick. All right, I, I'll give it a three and a half. I think it is an enjoyable movie with entertaining characters that are more than just four generic people. Um, it brings in a new threat that Bert has to deal with, and he deals with it in creative ways. And it also brings in that new threat, but keeps an old one on standby. You still get a graboid, and you still get new silly shit. So, yeah, three and a half. All right, so... Um... Uh, are we at the TV series yet? No, we have like six, we have like six more movies to go. I think. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I'm pretty sure Tremors four came out before the TV okay, series so, and so, then the TV series okay. came out. Well, we'll, we'll do four next. So, um, Tremors four, 2004, uh, is a prequel. This one is Tremors oh, no. four, the beginning. Uh, this is the year 1890 or something. Um, and here we have, uh, kind of the early, early, early days of perfection. Um, we see, uh, you know, the Chang family settling in, right? We do, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, right. <clears throat> and then, um, it is so it's it's kind of like a, a western old western setting and there's some sort of property dispute is that what happens how does Hiram Gummer <laughs> it, come into the story that's Burt Gummer's his dad ancestor. owned his dad owned the mine which was shut down because the graboids were killing Got people you. basically okay. um and so it's really about uh a lot of you know trying to convince uh the uh uh the old gummer that um these things are real and we need to do stuff about him and he's he's very uh educated um uh, uh kind of you know doesn't handle confrontation well you know is has never shot a gun he's he's very much the opposite of Bert Gummer and you know we see throughout the events of this that uh you know it, it kind of this is where, uh, by the end of the movie, he he is more of a paranoid, I need to, like, hunker down with a bunch of guns stuff that I guess is great, great or great-great-grandson, probably great-grandson, would later do. Um, but yeah, so the there's this mine and uh, <clears throat> that attack, the miners get attacked by graboids, um... Here we have, uh, this is where we get another addition to the life cycle. Uh, I guess they figured, well, we see how far they can evolve. Where did they come from? Um, and so here we, we see that uh, the ass blasters, so they lay their eggs, right? The eggs hatch into this armored larva thing called the dirt dragon. That uh, uh, um, turns into the graboid which produces a few shriekers who throw up more shriekers 
And then the Shriekers turn into ass blasters, and then they lay their eggs, and Dirt Dragon, Graboid, etc., etc., etc. So, uh, Nick, you've been kind of our the guy keeping us uh, on track with the life cycle stuff. Does this make sense? <laughs> well, the fact that there's like a, a baby Graboid, uh, Graboid, Graboid, yeah, <laughs> a baby Graboid that hatched out of the egg, like to me, that makes sense. Like, yeah, it wouldn't come out fully formed at 30 feet long but like, what but like because the, the graboid's already a worm like do larva more metamorphosize into other larva does that does well, that happen the way, the way no that that's saw, why they're larva the, the way that i saw it in summer's <laughs> four it didn't look like it was a larva it just looked like a baby graboid okay and then well it, it so and when it sheds its armor and stuff and it gets bigger then it's a graboid and then those explode into shriekers right yeah, you know, none of this makes sense. <laughs> um, it is interesting that... Uh, so this is this is one where... Um, so I think the first movie was directed by Ron Underwood, which we, it's weird that we didn't mention that. Because um, he went yeah, on to... who's running this show? Yeah, <laughs> guys, what is this? Because he went on to do uh, City Slickers, Mighty Joe Young remake, and then like he kind of... He he mostly does TV shows now. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's... I mean, he had a series of bombs, and now he just makes TV shows. I don't know if that's just what he is just cool doing, but um, and the, but he did the first one. Then the second one was S.S. Wilson. Then the third one was Brent Maddock. So each writer got to direct one. And then this one goes back to Wilson. Um, from what I understand, this is one where the studio kind of called him in and was like, you know, how about a Tremors 4? And he was like, well, I can't really think of, like, I feel like we've kind of done it all at this point. And then, and then that's why they went with, like, the Old West idea and the prequel idea. It was, it was basically like, okay, they, they want a fourth one. How, how, how do we attempt to keep things fresh? Um, I'll say that the, that's probably the most exciting thing about it is, like, the Old Western setting. Um, it does it does a few things right character wise. I like that this is more of a return to kind of an ensemble thing. Um and we get a character that's not much like Burt Gummer. Um and that we get to kind of uh you know slow down a little bit. But I, I do think that this this is one where for me it's just uh it's probably a little longer than it needs to be. Um I think if you trim this thing up by maybe 15 minutes, I think if you tighten it up a little bit, you'd probably have something a little more um a little more on the fun side. Um uh I, I the highlight of this movie though for me was Billy Drago who yeah, he who comes in as yes. this like badass Absolutely. mercenary guy and completely over, yeah, it, it, completely um, over the top kind of man in black stereotype. But um, just it's a really it, fun performance, and you know, I he just he's not in there enough. You know, he 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 comes in and is cool and then gets killed off. So yes, you know, I I, I kind of would have liked to see him stick around. Um, I was really hoping that they were going to do like when I first saw this movie, I thought because of Billy Drago and like his past performances, he plays a bad guy. So great. And in this film, he kind of played, I don't know if you call him like an antihero or just like a neutral guy. Like he wasn't good or bad. 
But at the end, he kind of was like showing Bert's great grandfather like how to shoot a gun. And yeah, stuff. that stuff's all good stuff. I, but I, I was not expecting that. I thought that he was going to be the guy that would like roll into town and like fuck everybody over for their money, and like somehow a, a graboid would eat him, and like that would be the the problem resolved. I was just surprised that they took the route that they did with him because he's so known as playing you know villainous characters. And here he was kind of more of just like the hired gun that also kind of maybe had a heart of gold. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. It just seemed. It seemed against the normal characters that he usually plays. I was expecting really something more villainous from yeah. him. Yeah, no, he's he's good in this. He's my favorite. He's by, by far my favorite thing in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, how how do you guys <laughs> feel about it? You know, I uh, never, I I forgot to watch this. Film. All right, well, shut up. You can. <laughs> so, so I'm so quiet. All right, so That's so he's I'm the guy. All right, so he's the he's the 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 kid the that asshole. doesn't do his homework. Okay. Um. Yeah, I knew there was something I forgot to do. I thought this came later in the series. Oh yeah. So, yeah, John part Lottie four. Did you Trevor's think it came after, came part, after six? part six? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I thought yeah, this came after the Arctic education. one. <laughs> I'm kind of oh. All right. Well, in that case, we'll pivot over to Matt then. Yeah, this is this is you three. I'll just add little asshole comments here now. Yeah, uh, I do agree that Blackhand Kelly as a character is the best thing about the movie. I did get a kick out of watching it with, uh, especially because again, my wife was with me and we were just kind of having a, having fun, making fun of a lot of the the stuff going on. But like, it's I don't know. I, I kind of. Going from rejection to perfection and setting up the town and stuff again, it's set up the same exact tropes of what was previously yeah. established. And so, like, it's just, eh. Like, I, I wouldn't go back and watch this one again. Um, I, I feel like we can talk about ratings. And so, since I'm already talking, like, we'll be a good system here, guys. Like, uh, how many Blackhand Kellys? How many and baby Graboids? Know, how many baby Graboids out of five? I'm going to go two and a half. So, like, it's a definite step down. From what I thought three was, yeah, I, and I, I, I agree. Yeah, uh, def- I would say, definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would do. Nah, I don't know. I don't. I would either do two or two and a half. I don't know if it's on par with Tremors two, or like slightly above Tremors two because it had Billy Drago. Uh, I'm it, not sure, but yeah. the biggest problem with this movie is that it's the same shit. It just happens in the previous century. Yep. Yeah, um, this is definitely. I'm. I mean, I'm going to echo the two and a half rating. This is where. This is where I wouldn't blame anyone for just kind of jumping ship. Um, the thing is that it does right. It does pretty right. Um, but yeah, it, it, once it once it kicks into being, you know, this kind of more repetitive. Um, formulaic thing. All the new elements they bring in, the setting, you know, the the shift in character for Michael Gross, Billy Drago, all those new elements, I think, work really well. I think the cast does a good job with it, but, you know, once you get into the second, third act, and it gets so familiar, that's where it kind of loses me. So, um, you know, because it does, it does have a lot of decent stuff in there you know that's why it's not a total failure so that's why i said a two and a half um you know it's one where if someone was like hey i really like tremors one through three should i bother with four i would say you know if you really want to but it's you 
probably not necessary. So yeah, I would not. I would not recommend it because like one through three is like a nice tight little package, and four is just the same shit, but in the old. You West. you can tell that they're oh. they're struggling to f- think of ways to keep it interesting. Yes, try to do like a new version of the same yeah, old shit. Yeah, and and I mean their efforts are admirable, but it's where you know I and I mean I think even they figured like we're kind of running out of gas here. Yeah. Yeah. One of my biggest issues with this movie, and it's a small personal gripe on my part, is that Burt Gummer or what the hell's his grandpa? Hiram Gummer. Hiram Gummer. There you go. He shows up and he's got his, his little like antique bicycle <laughs> that he wants to ride in. But they all call it a bicycle when at that time it was referred to as a velocipede. Oh, you're going to be that. Oh, God. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I've I've recently watched Deadwood again for like the third time, and they call the the bicycle a velocipede. I'm like, oh, it's the same time period. Like, call the fucking velocipede. Yeah, but you it's also rated the third one more better than the second one, so you can't be trusted right now, man. But it's better than the second one. All right, boys, 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 boys. All right, here's where I will pivot to whoever watched it uh, to just kind of give us a, a little breakdown of uh, the series, which was Tremors. The series, which was came and went in the blink of an eye, um, between parts uh, four and five, and um, yeah, I I I, that... I I I'll I'll watch it eventually, and I if you know time wasn't. Has no one else here watched it? Nope. No, nope. Uh, I I, I probably watched watch like it? honestly I I might have watched maybe one episode when it was out that I don't remember very well. Um, and uh, if time, if I, if I had more time, I would have. It's just, it's one of those things where you'd think working from home and everything would give me more time and more sleep and more of all that. And uh, it's very much the opposite. Um, so, I feel you on that, man. <laughs> it's true. I have less time now than ever. So I guess we'll, we'll Nick, just, you know, give us maybe a minute or two just to talk about the series a little. Sure. Now, I actually think this did come out before Tremors 4, because this came out in 2003. Whatever. I think you said Tremors. It was produced yeah. at so the anyway. same time, apparently. Is oh, yeah, I out? think I remember, yeah, I think that's, I think I remember hearing that the reason Michael Gross wasn't in all of the series is because he was bouncing between, I think, three in the show, but whatever. Anyway, so... Tremors the series from 2003, which aired on the Sci-Fi Channel. I saw maybe like three or four episodes when it actually aired and then petered out afterwards. But recently, because someone has them up all on YouTube, I watched only eight because I ran out of time until today. But uh, Tremors the TV series is essentially if you take Tremors 3 and do it as a television series because it's all those same characters. It's set in Perfection Nevada. Burt Gummer is still the main character, but it's more of how this town deals with having El Blanco, the graboid, the albino graboid from Tremors 3, living in their town, being like a protected, endangered species from the government, and them dealing with that on a day-in, day-out basis. But then there's also other weird shit that happens on the town. It's pretty enjoyable. Each episode is its own standalone episode. It's not like, oh, you have to watch... The entire season if you miss episode one you're not going to understand the finale of episode 13 no it's none of that each episode is like oh what's Bert got himself into this week some government experiment 
you know, escape from Area 51, so now they have to deal with that, and then the grab boy eats it anyway. That's pretty much how the episodes go. If so is it like a monster of, stuff, of the week thing? Yeah. Which and the, and, and he's much, not. They're not always dealing with graboids, right? No, they're dealing with like, uh, you know, government black projects, or you know, the the ass blaster from Tremors Three that what's your face sold to the knockoff version of Siegfried and Roy, like it escapes again. So they have to capture it to give it back to them. Like each week is a different thing. They're either dealing with Al Blanco being a piece of shit or shriekers turning out of nowhere or some new government creation. That's a mix of like rhinoceros and spider DNA. It's a weird, silly show that is like very, very, very simple, but I appreciate the time that it comes from. And I appreciate the fact that they are, standalone episodes because i think nowadays we are just inundated with tv shows where you have to watch every episode in order for it to make sense like you could watch episode eight and be fine as long as you understand like the gist of the characters so i enjoy that formula it's a good time it's free on youtube you can find it if you just search tremors the series it'll show up and if you liked Tremors 3 as much as I did, you'll like this show. Okay. I look forward to checking it out. Um, it, it's it's not bad. If you like, you know, different rubber monsters every week, it's a good time. Okay. How is the um, How are the effects in the show? They teeter. It's just like the, the CGI is obviously not good because it's right. a television show from 2003. But any practical effects they have are pretty good. Some of the sets are borderline like what you would see in like a a theater play, like something that would be on stage. Yeah. But they're creative with it, and I kind of respect and appreciate that. Okay. All right. It's just it's it's a TV show from a different time. It it you know certainly isn't no Game of Thrones with a gigantic budget and you know all the abilities. It's it's creative people working on a budget and working on a time frame. And okay. I enjoy that. Um, all right. So now we get all the way to 2015. Tremors 5, Bloodlines. Oh, um, boy. And, and so here <laughs> is where um, the franchise officially splits with Stampede Entertainment, which is... The company founded by S.S. Wilson, Brent Maddock, Nancy Roberts, and Ron Underwood um, to make the first movie and the sequels and the series. Um, and uh, if you go to their website, they have a statement on you know why they're not involved anymore. Um, and I have it pulled up, and instead of trying to awkwardly summarize, I'll just read this one paragraph from it. It's longer, but um, this is... Uh, um, I guess, well, I'll do these two paragraphs. So, um, Stampede has always been interested in reassembling the original Tremors creative team to produce a fresh new theatrical sequel in the Tremors voice. We attempted rights negotiations with Universal for an independent theatrical film in 2012. However, the studio passed on the option, preferring to continue the franchise with DVDs at some future date. Early in 2014, Universal Home Video indicated they were budgeting another sequel based on a 2004 script by Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson. While they pointed out they had no further contractual obligation to Stampede, they did offer us executive producer positions. 
but they also made it clear that in the new, even lower budget project, the Stampede Partners' participation would be severely restricted with little control over cast, director selection, special effects, location, or any aspect of the production. It was always our full involvement as creators that gave us the means and incentive to reinvigorate and expand the Tremors universe with Tremors 2, 3, 4, and the series, despite the, the significant increasing limitations without meaningful uh, creative control allowing us to continue to guarantee the integrity of our Tremors vision, we sadly declined to be involved. Um, so they, they declined, I guess. <laughs> they could have gotten paid just to do nothing, but... Um, so, so, so that's where we have this split and, uh, right off the bat, I mean, just kind of looking at uh, the people that took over, I'm really not, I mean, say what you want about parts two through four. I do think that, but I do think the effort was there and where they could, you know, they tried to inject a lot of fresh ideas and I don't know how much aside from location differences we get in five and six and, um, just to kind of like okay so um <clears throat> universal hired cinemotion vfx headed by victor trikov um so he's the special effects director guy for for this one and the next one and uh just i'm just going to let you know where he stands um he says when we were approached by universal about this project i knew that we would have to take it take advantage of our full stack of CG capabilities and revamp all the creatures, not only to make them bigger, tougher, and more vicious, but to bring them into 2015. Um, so, uh, and then uh, this is a, a piece that I lifted from a, a, a blog called Monster Legacy that has the, a lot of behind-the-scenes of different monster movies, but it says, um, his team was aware of eventual criticism, claiming that, the core of the Tremors fan base and the original creators were so addicted to the original look of the movies and somehow nobody could imagine a full CG Tremors. And then when it came in uh, time to redesign the Ass Blaster, um, Trickoff said, uh, to be honest, I always hated the original Ass Blaster design and I thought that it could be greatly improved. So, I mean, it sounds like right off the bat he looked at the old movies and looked at the old creature design and said, ha-ha, that's dumb and old. You know, here's all the CG tools and uh, here's the cool redesigns. Um, and then the director they selected, uh, David or Don Michael Paul, he's kind of Universal's um, in-house guy that directs like every straight-to-video sequel. If you look him up on IMDb, um, let's just see, uh, his, his film, this, most of his filmography. So he's got Tremors, um, five and six, Death Race four, Lake Placid four, Kindergarten Cop two, Bulletproof <laughs> two, Jarhead three, um, Scorpion King, I don't even know what number, probably like 20, um, Sniper, Sniper three, uh, and Sniper four. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, I mean, they just got your average yes man. And in fact, he had never seen a Tremors movie until after he uh, was hired and Michael Gross sat him down to watch the other movies. Um, what? <laughs> wow. So um, here we have Tremors 5 where um, we're getting a lot of the same beats. Um, uh, we catch up with Bert who kind of uh is 
uh, has his own survivalist reality show, and he is called in to go to uh, where is it? is this Brazil? South Af- Africa. South Africa. Okay, wherever he is, I don't even remember. These things all blend together. Um, Who cares? <laughs> and it's it's the same story. He's there. It's the same story. Uh, gra- only graboids are on the other side of the world, and but still, you know, he's stuck with a bunch of cannon fodder characters that are going to get killed. Um, oh, and here we have the introduction of Jamie Kennedy's character Travis, who uh, look. I don't like before and after his tremors involvement. I don't like Jamie Kennedy. I don't think he's funny. His stand-up's here, not here. good. He's always here, here. the most irritating thing in whatever movie he's featured in. Um, only Freak. here, he looks like he's about sixty years old. He looks unironic, unironically terrible, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they bring him in as like this. The movie like wants you to think that he's like this hip cool funny the, badass he wants you to think that he's 30 years younger than <laughs> yeah is. and like also, i mean he's also, he's man, introduced in like slow motion riding on motorcycles like and it it, it, it feels <laughs> like a movie that was made in like 1999 in a lot of those aspects um <laughs> I, I didn't even know that was him my wife came in and she's like this guy looks familiar because i was drawing this only way i could sit through these movies is if I'm, like, I'm doing my artwork and she's like I think that's Jamie Kennedy. And I was like, no, it's not. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to Google it. And it was. And I was like, oh, my God, he looks terrible. <laughs> he really, <laughs> he no, he, he, he really does not look right. <laughs> No, <laughs> and and I mean, it, and and it's those one of those '90s actors did not age well. well it's Matthew one of those Willard things where like, where like he's still like, is it, yeah, it's just a weird matter of aging because like, it's not that he's like in bad shape, you know, or that he got fat or anything. He just looks like bloated. Yeah, bloated. He, he looks yeah, he haggard. The wrong kind of drugs. Yeah, he looks. Yeah. He look. He just looks worn down. Um. So anyway, yeah, and and he's very much the. I mean, again, I refer to this character coming out of a decade prior, like two decades prior, even. Um, you know, he's that very sexist male character that you saw in a lot of '90s movies, where all he's doing is trying oh, to hit awful. on the girl. And I mean, it, with him. everything about this character is like 20 years removed from reality. Um, and uh, and then uh, I mean, this not till the very end. So I don't know, maybe spoiler alert. But turns out he's Bert's estranged son from a one night stand from before he met um, Reba McIntyre's character. Um, and I guess we can get into that a little bit more next time because again, it's like the end of this movie. Um, but yeah, in in the meantime, you're just stuck with a lot of boring characters. I'm I struggle to even remember who they are, what they did. I think one of them's a nurse. I don't know. This is... There, there's one the nurse, character. Yeah. I mean, it sucks because I, I don't remember his name, but the helicopter pilot. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. He was great. He was like the South African version of Bert. <laughs> and, like, they played well along with each other. He was just like this, you know, guy, this outdoorsy man who's like a survivalist and totally got the situation. He had that sweet helicopter. 
Like, that's the one character I took away from this film, other than Bert. Yeah, he was fun. He's not in it much, but he was fun. He's not. Um, And um, the way they take out the Graboid was like, you know, how you can lure worms to the surface with electrical vibrations. Oh, yeah. They rig up. It's some silly thing where they rig up all this stuff to get lightning to strike it's it. Like in it's... Godzilla '98, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, at the beginning. When Nictitopolis yeah, um, those worms out. Uh, and then, um, I mean, let's for this guy's attitude. Um, in my opinion, I think this movie and the next movie fails the monster. I don't think the new monster designs are very good, and for all the the you know i don't know even for all the arrogant kind of statements that the guy was saying about you know the design being outdated and everything these new graboids look a lot like any uh i don't know if you guys are familiar with like um the monster designer uh neville page like he did like Cloverfield, the Star, Abrams Star Trek, um, yes, Cowboys yes. and Aliens, like the the way that the ass blaster is designed. Yes, I it, yeah, yeah, it, like it these has the spindly legs. Yeah, the, these creatures have yeah. a very Neville Page like design to them, and like that's always kind of where my mind goes when I think of just like how a lot of monsters look the same. Like they they they, they these days like they have these sharp edges and. I don't know. It, I just yeah. I just find it to be so much le- of a, a less interesting design. And and I get that you know, the movie says like, "Oh, this is like a a different um like species or whatever." Like how there's like an African elephant and an, an Indian elephant or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And 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 I, and I get that, I get but that. I I just ugh, I I do not like the way they look in these. I don't like the the like we we when we talked about the first movie, these creature designs were perfect. Uh you didn't have to do this. <laughs> no. I I agree with you. You absolutely did not have to change anything like you don't change. <clears throat> you don't fix what isn't broken. And for this movie like I get it like they want to do their own thing. They want to put their stamp on it. And for the Graboid design, yeah, fine. You made it, you gave it like a twist in its body. You gave it some extra spikes. Fine, whatever. But the Ass Blaster, it looks like something completely different that is from another franchise. It looks like a combination (laughs) of like a vampire bat mixed with the giant slugs that ate Andy Serkis in Peter Jackson's King Kong. Like they have that weird thing. Like, yeah. (laughs) It it still traumatizes me. The ass blasters in this movie look nothing like anything that's come before, and it doesn't look like something that would naturally occur in this creature's like lineage. Yeah, and, I, and yeah. I don't like it. And then this is the movie where I, I, I lost count, but it lifts directly sequences from a few monster movies. Um, they do the Jurassic Park kitchen scene. Um, they do they redo the end of the host where uh, there's the the person oh, with the shit. bow and yeah, arrow, the, the 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 you know taking the monster down with the bow and arrow. Um, yeah, there were there were more, but those are the two that stick out to me the most. And it got to the point where I was like, oh my god, is every set piece in this thing just a retread of you know some better movie? <laughs> Pretty much. Isn't there a scene in this one where? The tremor comes out of the ground, and the camera is looking straight up at it, and it's like this terrible CGI. 
of the Tremor. Am I getting yes, this one confused I, with another one? It's this one, right? I, I think both of these have scenes like that, but I, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I know what you're talking about. And and I think it dies or so. Like, it comes out, and it goes straight up, and it just looks terrible. Oh, yeah, that's the end of the movie, when they electrocute. Yeah, yeah. It, look, yeah. it looks like Free Willy, and, basically. Yeah, it's terrible. I was like, what <laughs> this, is this? This movie, along with the next movie, and I think I brought this up in our chat, is where they started to have the Graboids, they start air jawsing, as yes. I put it. Where yeah. it's like, oh, they don't just come out of the ground, they fucking come out of the ground like a great white shark and shark week, and they flip yeah. around, and it's slow-mo and matrixy. Like, it's so fucking stupid. It's unoriginal, and I mean, even to this point, it's outdated, like, nobody wants that stuff. It, If anything, all it does is show how bad the cgi is because you're like focused in on it yeah and like, it, it's really one of those things where like that. they 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 because they have cgi they're they're so giddy and just using it for everything that they it stops making sense oh i do appreciate and like, shit i think they started doing this in the third movie but i think it's a testament to the first film that from tremors 3 on like throughout the show Tremors 3, Tremors 4, Tremors 5, Tremors 6, they used stock footage of the Graboids from the first film because it looked that goddamn good. Did anybody else pick up on that? No. <laughs> I, like, not at all. I, 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 I wouldn't say so, no. I mean, uh, if ever, if I believe like you. Flashback, if there's a flashback... Oh, yeah, yeah, in has, flashbacks and stuff, or, yeah. if there's, like, a normal Graboid doing something and it's just like, oh, it's coming out of the ground, yeah, we take that shot from the first film and put it in there. It's like, I think that's a testament to the effects of the first film is that they're still using it in like 2015, 2019. They're, they're bringing that shit back up. Well, it's, I mean, like we just said, like the first movie still looks good. So they probably thought the same. Yeah. And even these fucking hucksters know that <laughs> they're using it in their crappy films. Yeah. It, it, it feels like a, like a huckster kind of job. It really does. Like watching it really watching does. these last few movies. Five and six. Ooh, they're they're, they're tough. tough. They're yeah. hard. There's um not to jump up to um six. I mean, we could if you want, but they, I put it on, and I think in the first half hour to forty five minutes, there's literally only one shot of a graboid. From what I remember, he jumps out of the snow, and then it's just Michael Gross the rest of the movie. That's that's all I could remember from that one. But I know this one, he gets eaten, right? He gets eaten by the Graboid. That's no, three. That's the, that's the third one, yeah. Oh, that's again, three? All, uh, yeah, yeah three. again. It, well, in the in the next one, he goes back. They talk about he's got a virus or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. don't get me started on that. Oh, all right, all right. Well, all right. All right, well, let, let's, let's, we'll, we'll wrap up on five. Uh, I hate Jamie Kennedy <laughs> in general, but <laughs> he's not any better in this. Um, I, so for, the, for the rating, are we going to do, like, how many... Bert Gummer's pissed on a lion. Uh, I was gonna say uh, how many uh, bloated Jamie. Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just like in real life, he's not funny, and uh, in this movie, he's just annoying. And I, this movie and six, they do this thing where like, you know, the the female character is all like, <laughs> like they laugh at it. like no female would put up with this guy. Um, yeah, the female characters in five and six are portrayed as like sex dolls. Yeah, this bad. They're they're not people. They're just something to be for him to with. hit on. Yeah, didn't set up bad jokes. So, uh, anime girls. Yeah, a waifu tremors waifu. 
Um, but I'm, I mean, the the few thing. There's a few things that work about it, and as like bad as it was, minutes. I as bad as it was, uh, I mean, compared to a lot of other movies that I've seen and even reviewed on this podcast. It's bad, but I mean, there's enough in it that I can I can give it a two. Um, I didn't want to commit suicide after watching it. I mean, I, this is we reviewed Ape, so we've we've been through some <laughs> shit on the, on this show. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I would I, honestly, I might even give Six a slight edge up on this one. I, I this is the worst one. Maybe I just I wouldn't tell anyone to watch it. And it's weird. This is also like the one, like it, this is the one where Bert is like the most serious. It's weird. It, it's almost like it's trying to be like a real horror movie. Sometimes, I don't know. I don't like it. It tries. Yeah, it tries. I don't know. What about you guys? I give it a two. I, it literally does blend with like three and six. No, six stands out because of the snow. But this. <laughs> This literally blends with like two and three and four and whatever. It's just the same movie. I think by this point I was getting kind of burnt out because I was like marathoning these things like you, like, you know, shotgunning like you. And I was like, I can't believe it's just the same story over and over and over. I just like that one scene where he's, he's in that turret truck with the machine guns blowing away the tremors. I thought that was pretty cool. (laughs) That's the only thing I really liked about it. Wait, Wait, are you thinking about the opening sequence from Tremors Three, where he's in the tank truck from the Mexican Army? Together. He's not. Yeah, he's not no. wrong. I think you're thinking about Tremors Three, where he's shooting at the Shriekers in the beginning of that film. All right, he he doesn't know what he's talking about. Matt, what do you give this? But... <laughs> sure, sounds good. All right. Uh, I'm in a two, bordering on like a two and a half. I didn't hate it. I enjoyed some of it, but there it's. Uh, problematic and Jamie Kennedy does in fact suck and I'm not sure what to make about uh, Bert in the, the cage and drinking and bathing in his own piss or whatever he was doing for that so, yeah it was only like 20 minutes <laughs> nice um, so yeah that's uh, it, it's okay I again I very much with Bird where I could not recommend this movie to people unless you really enjoyed 2 and 3 specifically you have to be but a diehard. Okay. You have to really, yeah. really be into the Tremor series to, to venture this far out. It's, it's a two, maybe a two and a half on a uh, drunk day. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining before this podcast, I was living in a perfect world where I had only seen one and two. Um, yeah, thanks, yeah, guys. This is, this, is, this, is, this is the worst timeline. For... Um, all right, Nick, did you give yours yet? He's not. Okay, go Not ahead. yet. So I would give it a two bordering on a one and a half. This is a movie like I can watch it and enjoy it and make fun of it for the shock that it is. But it's not something where I'm sitting there like, oh, I still have like an hour left in this shit. Uh, There's some good things to take away from it. Like the first five to ten minutes, the opening intro where it's Bert on his survival show and he's going over like the life cycle of the Graboids and everything. I thought that was fun. The helicopter pilot's a great character, not in the movie enough, but he's still fun. Uh, but everything we we talked about that is shit. Yeah. Like Jamie Kennedy is ass. All the the sexy <laughs> shit is garbage. That scene with Bert in the cage is lame. 
but when when Bert's on point, he's on point. So I'd I'd, I'd give this like a, a solid yeah. two. Michael Gross really does do the Lord's work in all of these. He does. Just, <laughs> no, he does. You know, I, I mean, does. if you take him, I, I mean, once once it gets to the point where he's like the only good thing in them, it really is like if you take him out and you're like you're done. There's no movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's what I noticed. The more I watched these, the more I was like, he's the only person I'm watching it for. Yeah. So, you know, bless him. And I mean, he really does seem to really love Burt Gummer. So, I mean, if just, I don't know if, if they keep making them, just hopefully he stays there. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah. And, and then the mid credit scene, you get like another look at the reality show where his son, uh, played by Jamie Kennedy is like part of it now. And, you know, you see the little show intro and he's like, hi, I'm Travis. And like, I'm here to like, you know, I'm the cameraman and I do this and I do this and I hit on hot 22 year olds. And it's just like, Oh my God. Does he say that? Yes. Yes, he does. See, oh my God. Matt brought up a point that there's a Shogun Godzilla in like the mid credit sequence, and I did not stick around for the mid credit sequence because once I mean, the first once the first credits came off for that movie, I'm like, okay, I do not need to watch this anymore. So, what happens in this scene? Burgess ex- ex- described it. Honestly, it's just a like, it's just a <laughs> new version of the intro. Only Jamie Kennedy is there. But Jamie he, Kennedy literally says, "I hit on hot twenty-two-year-olds." Yes, it's yes. so, Holy so like, shit. so wow. yeah. So you imagine, like, you know, you watch any reality show, and at the beginning, I haven't watched a reality show in like thirty years, but I'm just thinking like the old <laughs> episodes of the Real World, where like at the beginning, you know, you have a little introduction of the characters, and they're like, "I'm so and so. I'm from here. I do this." Like that's part of his spiel, and he's like, "And I hit, I hit on hot twenty-two-year-olds." Oh my god! god. Damn. And he's Jesus. like, what, 60 at this point? <laughs> he might as well be. <laughs> Are you sure that was actually part of the movie or he was just talking? Matt, where was the Shogun Godzilla? It was, uh, they had it in the room and I think Jamie Kennedy was in it. It was very poorly lit, but it's the Shogun Godzilla. It's like off in the left-hand corner. Right, that even... was the most interesting thing about that whole uh, I, I didn't even notice thing. it. So, um, okay, so uh, then we get into... Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. Suddenly, at number six, they decided to stop numbering them. I don't know why. Um, anyway, uh, they were supposed to shoot in the mountains of Bulgaria, and then the after like this huge blizzard, um, uh, and because of the blizzard, they had to they lost their location. They were like, "Oh, we'll just film in South Africa again." Um, so, <laughs> so uh, because of uh, fancy editing uh, with computers now, you can very easily just click a button and change the whole color palette of your movie. So they shot over there, and then they tinted it in this like blue, uh, like this blue tint to make it look like it's in Canada. The opening is in like the Arctic, and uh, like we said. I don't, I don't even, this has gone on so long, I don't even remember if it was before the call or when we were recording, but uh, they <laughs> they shot it in the desert, and then they uh, used color correction to make it look like snow and add, a, add like, some CG snowflakes. And it's actually, you know, a pretty... In, it's clever. It, yeah, it, it, there's, actually, the there's some, it's actually, like, ingenious in a very, like, low-budget Roger Corman kind of way. Um but yeah, then then the weather is actually explained in the movie. Be, by they they say that climate change has caused 
unusual weather shifts. So that's why it looks like uh, they're still. <laughs> it looks like. I mean, it looks like they're still in perfection. Everything's just blue. Um, and uh, so again, I mean, you have um, same deal. Um, Bert runs Chang's now. Uh, in like, I, my me- a combination of my memory and flimsy screenwriting. Um, they say like the rest of the town has been like bulldozed <laughs> or something, <laughs> which is weird. Be- I don't remember that. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. Which is weird because like, I don't know. Perfection is always kind of like a character in this series, and like part yeah. four. Part four was all about like, okay, we're changing it from rejection to perf- and now it's just like gone or like being seized or whatever. And Bert is wanted because he doesn't pay his taxes. Um. Uh, Jamie Kennedy is back. Now, if you wondered, like, hmm, it's really interesting how at the end of that movie, the last one, it's revealed that he's his son. Like, how are they going to explore this crazy relationship moving forward? And they they, they, they don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's really no reason why that character needs to be his estranged son at this point. Um, although in this, it, it turns out that he has a machine gun that he used to own. And he's like, where'd you get it? And he says he got it from Heather, which is Reba McIntyre's character. And he's like, why were you with my wife? And it never, it, it, like, it's mentioned in that one scene, but, like, we never come back to that. So, like, did, yeah. he, did he go to her to try and learn more about Bert? Was he having, like, a weird affair with her? Like, I don't know what that meant. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, I have no idea. It was just, like, a tie-in to be like, Hey, remember the first movie? That really great film. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it, this and and now, this movie so. does it a lot. And like, uh, there's a scene where, um, it's you think it's going to replicate the scene in the first movie where the girl gets her pants ripped off. Oh yes, um, but then she can't because she's not wearing because she's not wearing underwear. She's that sexy. Yeah, so it's like, oh, we subverted your expectations for the lulls with this joke, <laughs> and it's like, oh lord, um. That way, did Ron Johnson direct this movie? <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> Something Ouch. tells me it at least would have like been competent looking. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then uh, again, we're we're back where aside from Bert, you just have a bunch of stock characters. I mean, speaking of relationships that don't go anywhere, um, we're introduced to Val and Rhonda's daughter. Um, yes, who, who, who does nothing? Right, other who than state you know? The fact that she's their kid. Yeah, and you know, I mean, a good writer could have figured out, like, okay, like, is Bert gonna kind of like become uh, not a father figure, but like, is he gonna become someone that she like? And I mean, I guess he kind of is, but there's no relationship that they develop. She does look up to him, but she looks up to him because he's Bert Gummer, not because of she. She looks up to him because she says that she does. Right. She because like, my parents always talked about she just you. Says like Bert, my father always told me stories about you, but like goes nothing into yeah, it. Yeah, but and like it would be interesting to see like okay, like what if he's like what if he's bonding with her the way that he should be bonding with his own son or, you know, and, and, you know, maybe Jamie like, Kennedy gets jealous. Like it, you, you, you have dynamics to work with when you bring in yeah. these characters that are related to like these legacy characters or whatever. And it's just, there is a empty, a reference that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And like her character kept going on about like what a terrible father Val was, how he was like <laughs> never there. 
And it like kind of opened up the opportunity for Bert to come in and be that father figure, but that never happened. Yeah, like, and then the 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 jealousy rivalry between her and Jamie Kennedy never happens. Also, yeah, there's so a like lot of this line of dialogue that's there just to make you think of a better movie that yeah, you could be watching. There's neat stuff that you could have done that, like, instead we just get again more of the same old stuff. Um, yeah. We get a lot of irritating side characters like. Uh, the one guy that drinks like twenty energy drinks and pees off a roof to attract the oh the creature. <laughs> the, what what did the what did the caption say? He's not he's not a puppy. Yeah, he's he says like I'm no shit. puppy dog. Okay, well, like he was having a hard time peeing, and I think Bert says something like, uh, you know, don't piss like a puppy, and then like he pees for like what seems like three minutes, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, now, granted, listeners, this guy is peeing onto the ground to attract a graboid. Yes. We're, we're setting up that scene for you. Yes, which is a stupider take on the whole idea of, like, using a li- pouring a liquid from a high place to attract them. Yes, like breaking the seam of the water tower to actually... Yeah, this is, that. like, yeah. the dumb version of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got to do a great job selling the movie. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. The other thing that I absolutely hate about this movie, and it happens within like the first 15 minutes, is when Bert gets the call from the researchers in the Arctic who are like, oh, we think we have a Graboid problem. And Bert is on the phone with these people trying to determine what the situation is going to be for the rest of this film. And Jamie Kennedy's only question is, Bert, is she hot? Ask her if she's hot. This she's one, hot. this one Bert, treats this one treats the. F- and it's like this one. This it treats the female characters. Yeah, this like, this this treats the female characters even worse than the last one. Like the last one, they at least seemed like normal people that might just be like, okay, I'll laugh along with this idiot. In this one, like the one girl, the the one that wasn't wearing the under, like she's like weirdly endeared to him. And it's like, oh my For god! No reason. Yeah, like this. Yeah. No, <laughs> it it's it's awful. Like I can't believe that a film that came out that year had that kind of dialogue and was like, yeah, this is acceptable. This is cool. This is what people want to see. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they figure they have no budget. No one's ever going to watch it. So, <laughs> like, it's like when Conan O'Brien used to go on at like midnight. He said, "Well, no one's watching, so I'll just do whatever I want." Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's like, and then there's like a subplot about how there's like a, um, like this secret government base next to them and Bert thinks that they're using the Graboids as bioweapons and it's like, oh, that would actually be a neat idea. But then like, it turns out that's just a red herring. Did we ever even like go into the quote unquote Plot I'm kind of trying, but it's like <laughs> I feel like you it's hard it enough to where like it's 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 okay. You can <laughs> we, we can take a pass of that. <laughs> there, there's graboids in the Canadian Arctic, and shit needs to happen. Yes, something like that's, that. Yes, that's it. That's it. Something along those lines. But oh. there's no there's no graboids in the goddamn movie. Like I saw one there's graboids in the movie. Well, I stopped yeah. watching. I stopped watching halfway through. I really <laughs> well. And, uh, oh, the, the air jaws oh, it again. So that's yeah, I will. I will say yeah. that uh, the this movie gets some brownie points because it does bring back a more classical looking graboid, and it is a big practical um, puppet and and everything. So like that was kind of cool. But 
I That's mean, true. They did have more practical effects in this film than they did in the previous. Yeah, there's like, a two. part where, uh, well, the other dumb subplot is Bert got. Yeah, in part three, after he when he got eight, eaten, he contracted this virus, and for some reason now, it um, it is like suddenly deciding to take effect. Like what, seventeen years or something later. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, and, and it, it, it's killing him now because of the events. Of, yeah, uh, so after film. like 17 years later, this virus that he got like suddenly is like, oh, uh, like it's going to kill him in like a day <laughs> all of a sudden. So so they have to uh, get this um, like this enzyme or something from the graboid to make an antidote. So that is where some of the more cool practical effects come in, because uh, like Jamie Kennedy has to go inside of it like um this one that they caught and so he has to like climb inside of its mouth with a syringe and like extract stuff and it, it's all gooey and slimy and you know um <clears throat> much more uh like the tremors that we know and love you know but other than right. those you know so i mean that that scene was was cool because of that but um, but still what's bad about that scene the whole point of that is Bert contracted this disease because he was exposed to the insides of a graboid. So to solve this problem, someone has to go inside a graboid without any protective covering to extract some shit from some bullshit gland to give to Bert. But wouldn't that then give Jamie Kennedy's character that same disease? Shut up. <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't I, worry like, about it. There, there's a line of dialogue. They could have put one sentence of dialogue in the film to explain that and be like, oh, yeah, and by the way, since I went in the Graboid, they gave me the injection too, bruh. Is she hot? Like, that's all they had to do. Yeah, this is a uh, it's a frustrating screenplay. Um, it really is. Uh, it, it, I, I also like that this, this also kind of brings it back to where, like, you know, they pop out of the ground and, you know, stuff like that. Like, we didn't really get, we haven't really gotten a lot of them, like, you know, coming through the ground of, you know, a building and stuff like that in a few movies. And so, you know, it's nice to know that you are in danger even when you're not standing by a window. Um, so, you know, I, I, I throw out a couple bones there. Um, but, uh, again, this is one that I wouldn't recommend unless you're just live eat and breathe tremors um i wouldn't even recommend it then like it's just (laughs) it's all around bad like i i say out of all of us like i'm not trying to give myself an ego or anything but i actually watched the fucking tremors tv series i think i'm like the bigger fan out of the group of us and even i wouldn't recommend this to anybody yeah it's just it's a bad movie yeah i mean i what's our our rating system gonna be then um Oh, no, the rating system for this has got to be Burt Gummer's ass, because there's that scene of him in the little <laughs> the little hospital gown, and he's trying to run back inside, and you see, like, a full shot of Michael Gross's ass. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say... That, that, is, that is the takeaway from this movie. If you take anything away from this movie, it's that ass. Uh, I'll say I probably, even though I think I give this one a slight edge above the last one, I think five is probably my least favorite. I'm still going to come down at the same rating, which is about a two. Um, and, you know, I just, I'm not feeling it, man. I, I I mean, as much as we said about part four, I feel like there was 
I feel like there was way more effort even put into that. And it's just oh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not feeling these modern ones, especially like, um, so yeah, I don't know where, what about the rest of you guys? Oh, I give it a one easily. Uh, one and a half, maybe at a two, but it's not, ugh, it's bad. I think maybe giving it a two because of that ass, but that's about it. <laughs> Wasn't this one made yeah. for Sci-Fi Channel, if I'm not mistaken? No, I think this was. Made it might for, have. Like, sh- it might have premiered on Sci-Fi and Netflix, but it. I mean, it was still. It wasn't made for them. I think they probably just aired it first or whatever. Right. Yeah. But... I mean, yeah. This this movie is shit. Uh, on on a good day, I would give it a one, but it's one of those films like I walk away from and like I took nothing away from it. Like five. There's some aspects like you can have fun with, you can poke fun at, but this one, it's just, it's a chore to get through. And had we not done this episode, I probably would not have watched it. <laughs> well, this summer we That's have fair. Island Fury. Um, the good news oh, is, yes. the good news is Jamie Jamie Kennedy's gone, and uh, the oh. asshole effects director is gone. The bad news is we lose a Jamie Kennedy and we gain a John Heater. That's the Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite uh, guy. Um, oh, shit. And uh, the only photo I've seen, Bert has a big beard. Um, I don't know. I'm Expectations are very low. Um, but, you know, I don't know. We'll check it out and see. It sounds like just more of the same where Bert goes somewhere and kills graboids uh, i guess the plot is the the graboids are uh a, a, some rich guy moves them all to an island resort for trophy hunting so it's it's like um the most dangerous game with graboids and it's just gonna end up with bert going there and shooting them all with relative ease um i don't know so we'll see uh i do think uh <clears throat> we should bring up if not for a minute um uh the uh Kevin Bacon TV pilot that didn't get picked up by Sci-Fi um the trailer is still out there it is kind of interesting that no one decided to just put the put it out on you know iTunes or or whatever um but this uh the show was actually Kevin Bacon's idea um he brought it to Blumhouse and he said you know of all the characters he's played this is one that he always kind of wanted to get back to um and so he kind of pitched it there uh and they said okay we'll we'll put it together um and uh like i said to this day it's not been seen by the public but i think they might have done some screenings uh I know Kevin Bacon hosted a thing about it last June um, at a festival in Austin um, where he and uh, the writer um, talked about it. Uh, From what I understand, uh, it only, it ignores all the movies besides the first one. Um, And uh, Val um, ends up back in perfection and he um he he i don't necessarily know how but he he maybe sees one i don't quite remember exactly what the thing i read said but he he knows the graboids are back and the rest of the town doesn't believe him um he does have a daughter character in this which is interesting because they brought in his daughter in tremors six um 
and uh, <clears throat> uh, of course they the they end up coming back. Um, it turns out that there is like this weird cult that is like obsessed with the graboids, and they uh, they kidnap him and and try to sacrifice him to them. Um, and then uh, a graboid pops up out of the ground, and it uses some kind of gas to paralyze the cult leader. And um, uh, and then the rest of the cult is surrounded by graboids, and that's where it ends. I'm not sure where it was going to go after that, but um, Fred Ward was supposed to come back. Uh, and they were, you know, before the season ended, and um, they were. They also planned on doing a silent episode, um, just about the characters trying to cross the street without making any noise. Um, so I don't know, kind of like a riff on a quiet place, I guess. Um, but all that we can see is the trailer, which is still online. Show has not been picked up. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that it sounds the greatest, but I, I did like the trailer. Um, I like Kevin Bacon's enthusiasm and how this was all cause of all his idea anyway. Um, and I, I did no matter what it would have turned out to be. I'm sure I would have preferred it to what we have. <laughs> so that's my take on I it. I would be in the opposite camp of that. Well, tell from, us why from, from what I've seen and what I've read, about that proposed pilot, that proposed series, and I compare it to the Tremors, the series that we actually got, I very much prefer the one we actually got. I like the format of here are these, you know, this ragtag group of people that live in this crazy-ass little town and have to deal with these monsters on a weekly basis, and then each episode they give you a new monster. To me, that seemed more fun. This one seemed like it was getting its head up its own ass and trying to make itself more than what it like actually is. Like with the mythology is. and stuff? Not just with that, but with like, oh, there's a cult aspect and there's a bigger meaning. Like, no, just fucking have fun with it. It's a monster of the week show. Don't get it to what I un- understood they were trying to do with this new pilot. But earlier you it said all like... you said that the thing missing from everything was Kevin Bacon. That's true. He got you there, Nick. He's holding you to the fire, Nick. Caught your own web of lies. That's not at all what I said. Where where are you getting that from? One of you said that. I'm pretty sure it was Nick. said that. No, it was Nick. I remember. (laughs) I never said that the one thing missing is Kevin Bacon. Someone said said at part two is where it starts to lose automatically because there's no Kevin Bacon. Listen, much like the movies, this conversation is blending together now because it's been almost three (laughs) fucking hours. (laughs) (laughs) We first should off, wrap it up eventually. First off, I'm pretty sure that was John who said that. Okay. And I was like, aha, but Kevin Bacon isn't the be-all, end-all to the show. Well, let's... let's, anyway, let's well, let's, you said he, the let's pivot to John then. What, what, what's your thoughts on the, non, the proposed television series starring Kevin Bacon? It doesn't... I think it's... What? <laughs> I, I think part three is the best because no, reasons. No, I was going to be you and be like, oh, but it's going to be Gabba Great because it's got Kevin Bacon in it. Gabba Great. Jesus Gaba Christ. Great. You racist. <laughs> this is 2020. You racist son of a... Um, it sounds terrible. Anything with a cult <laughs> sounds awful. It just reminds me of Beneath the Planet of the Apes. So that's where I checked out of the Apes movies and came back for the third oh, one. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you got to come back. 
Yeah, you got because I love Escape and Conquest. Are, I, they're like two oh, of my favorites. Oh, I know. Okay, I I I agreed. Let's let's not get too but, wild on eight. I know, I know, but I know. Yeah. But I had to compare it to something, and I think I'm surprised Kevin Bacon would want to do that. But I think he sees the power in franchise filmmaking yeah. at this point. Um, but well, and, and, and remember, I mean, you know, I think he does have an affection. Remember, um, a couple years before that, he did that commercial where he's like the schlubby guy in makeup, and he's like playing the Kevin Bacon super fan, and like he talks about tremors. So I think he, yeah, I think he knows I, how to have fun I, with it. He does. I just don't know if, like, whenever an actor wants to do a piece of work, I I don't always think it's the best idea or the best piece of work. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Just because it's just, you know, an actor is all about themselves. So they're always going to pick stuff that works to their strengths. And I'm sure that character is a ball to play because he's just like a, he's just like a lovable, happy-go-lucky kind of guy, you know? All right, Matt, where are you at with the uh, canceled tremors? I was on board. I was on board until the cult and the graboid coming up and shooting gas everywhere. I just... Uh... Yeah, the cult I, thing, the cult really just kind of makes it weird, you know? Like, every, like him coming back is all fine, and, like, I'm cool with him. I think going a direct sequel to the original is, is a, it, it leaves room to just have the Graboids and not any of these different forms. But then the cult thing, eh, no thanks. Yeah, Okay. hard pass. Well, um, yeah, I think after the whatever the next one is, they got to sit on it for a while and come back with something really outlandish and crazy. Um, but... That's Tremors. All right. Are we done? We we done here? <laughs> yes, please. I think so. All right. I think so. Well, uh, thank you guys. Um, you, it's it's been it's been fun, and um, yeah, I can plan on never watching Tremors five and six again as long as I live. So yep, we we learned yeah, we, we learned something once. about ourselves. Um, we did. All right. Well. Yes. Good night, everybody, and uh, be safe because the world's on fire. All right. It's terrible. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.